Hello, everyone. How are Hello. we doing today? We are back with some more D&D, the lost city of Mesro. I'm just fetching the Owlbear link for you all. Great. Popping it in the chat. The Bear of Owl. Bear of yeah. Owl. The Bear of Owl shall guide us through this lovely hellhole we have found. Should open up my track sheet. I got lost in my story. Ah. <laughs> it was a good story, though. <laughs> it was a good story. Um, Oops, anyway. there we go. Probably not as horrifying as what lurks in Bakumora, but... <laughs> my bird mama is in a mirror. <laughs> along with that stupid ice jerk. That's the update from Bobbit. <laughs> so, last time, you arrived in Zinhorn's homeland of Bakumora, or what has become of it. Bakumora itself has been lifted off the material plane and currently exists as a domain of dread deep within the Shadowfell, surrounded by seemingly intelligent mists that prevent all within from leaving while subjecting the land itself to a terrifying corruption manifesting as essentially a waking nightmare. For the last 200 years, the inhabitants of Bakumora have been trapped in this living nightmare until you arrived. And while you are now trapped too within Bakumora, the fact that the first thing you did upon your arrival was defuse a potentially very devastating battle between Bakumora's elves and lizard folk endeared you to the locals of Akibo Village, Zinhorn's hometown. And they now believe that if anyone has the power to free them from their misty prison, it is you. You have spent the night in Akibo Village with its leaders, the Archdruids Unyika and... What was the other one called? Unyika and... Let me consult my notes. It's been a... It's been a while. Yeah, it been has a been a hot minute. It has been a hot mm. minute. Um, on Yika and Uzoma, brother and sister, sibling twins of Fomori, the archdruid of Bakumora, who once upon a time ruled and guided the lizard folk and the elves living in harmony, but now, according to what you've been told, is perhaps the cause of Bakumora's current state. Unyika and Uzoma informing you that their father left 200 years ago to travel to a Yuan-T temple to the south, stating that he would speak to Uptow there and seek guidance on how to protect his land from the ravages of the Spell Plague. It was shortly after he left that the mists appeared, and when he returned, in a madness he slew the other members of the Druid Council, cementing his 
place as the Dark Lord of this Domain of Dread. You've had a long rest. Well, as much as you can have a long rest in a place like this, you managed to sleep the night through, but spending the night in the Domain of Bakumora, even in a village of elves who have welcomed you with open arms as their heroes whose hopes ride upon you, surrounded by friends. Your sleep was constantly assaulted with snippets of barely remembered nightmares, fragments of dark memories and incessant whisperings that bother you in the strange borderland between sleep and full wakefulness. This is why Bubba doesn't sleep anymore. Just ever. So as you awaken, you feel groggy as if if you haven't had nearly enough sleep, though the ornate clock placed on the wooden table just opposite where all of your sleeping rolls are laid out on the floor of this wooden treehouse tells you that you've been asleep for 13 hours, much longer than Ooh. usual. And... Plenty of, plenty of meditation time. Oh, I was going to say, Bolton and bored as hell. So yeah. You're going, oh, you guys suck. Where have you guys been? As you know, would have been around. He only meditates for a short amount of time. That's right, you only need four. Yeah, I only need four, yes. And Zinhorn, you probably spent most of the time when you weren't sleeping, probably walking around the town. Of course, during the night, none of the elves would be would dare set foot outside, and the giant salamanders would have been all you met, uh, tied up on their posts outside the treehouses, acting as guard dogs, silently watching you as you made your way through the village. But you would have spent the night making your way through the village, taking in the sight of the inky black lake that the village is built upon, the thick, tall, gnarled trees that surround it, and... Taking insights from your childhood, putting context to some of the memories that you have. And so, is when you return, as the rest of the party are awakening, as the pale grey sunlight begins to seep in through the windows, that you realise that your childhood friends, Unyika and Zoma, have put you up for the night in what was once the home of yourself and your parents. Sparsely furnished. There's a table with a clock, a couple of chairs, a set of empty shelves covered in dust. But aside from that, you've all slept on the floor in your sleeping rolls. And as you awaken... You see Zinhorn just standing in the open doorway of the house, just his body half across the threshold, the other half lingering on the balcony outside that overlooks the lake. And he's just staring, taking in the sight of the front of the house and obviously indulging in memories. 
Um, quick question. Can Bullard spend the time that everyone else is asleep just examining the bizarre mirror that um, Ava and um, the, the climber are in? Um, well, it's not in the house that you stayed the night in, but um, like you could have eaten it was nothing stopping you from heading into Onyeka and uh, Onyeka and Azoma's house and staring at it if you like. It's more just to try and figure out how this all works. Well, so you slept your four hours, Mobbit, and awaken. Mobbit doesn't sleep at all. Yeah. So yeah, rather than joining the rest of the party in this home, you asked if you could remain in Onyeka and. Zoma's house overnight and they inquired as to why and you told them that well you simply wished to study your trapped companions and so eventually they relented and we're with Onyeka telling you in her typical typical way that there's nothing you can do for them and there's nothing you could do for them, but you're welcome to stay with them and perhaps find a way to avoid a similar fate. Well, Azoma, more positive than his sister, tells you that perhaps by studying them you can understand what has happened, and if you are to free Bakumora from its current plight, then perhaps freeing your companions will be part of the process. And so these, after these elves eventually retire to their private chambers for meditation, you stand next to the huge glass pillar that Ava and Artis are trapped within and see what you can learn, if anything, about it. And I'd like you to make an arcana check and the DC will be 30. That makes sense. Now, this counts as a magical object, correct? Uh, I suppose, yes, it does, yes. Okay, just wanted to check for advantage's sake. No, it's uh, 24, unfortunately. Yeah. Damn. All you know is that based on the pose your companions are in, Ava raising her sword, ready to strike something down, and Artis with his finger on the Ring of Winter, tells you that perhaps in the midst of defending the village from lizard folk, Artis resorted to one of the powers within the Ring of Winter, and with magic already having been observed by you and the rest of the party as working quite strangely here in the Domains of Dread, the magic must have manifested in some way that neither Ava nor Artis anticipated, trapping them in this state. Indeed, as you press your hands against the glass, it is incredibly cold. And even though it doesn't look at it, it looks like a big block of crystal and carefully carved, perfectly straight-edged. You get the impression that this is perhaps some sort of impenetrable ice. Mm-hmm. So it's all Artis's fault. We'll deal with him later. Good to know. Seems like there's a lot of things we'll have to deal with him later about. Mm-hmm. 
but you come away from your examination of it having learned essentially nothing. You have no idea how to free them. Yep. However, you do notice one thing, and I'd like you to make an insight check, please. Okay, plus one for inside. Don't fail me now. Actually, yeah, I'm 17. But yay? The more you lay your hands upon the block of glass or ice, the more you become aware of the fact that coursing through it, whether as a byproduct of the magic that Artis used to trap himself and Ava in this state, or just simply something that it has taken on from staying here in Bakumora for so long, there is a very obvious trace of something dark, something malevolent coursing through it. And the longer you stand with your hands pressed against its surface, the more unease you feel. Mm, oh, good. Oh, good. Okay, well, good to know, I guess, if we want to get this sorted soon. And so, eventually, you return to the party. You find them groaning as they crawl out of their bedrolls, groggy and aching, and... Zinhorn, as you examine the house and feel the memories of your childhood flood you, you become dimly aware of the fact that as the grey daylight begins to sweep the darkness and shadow out of the village. The elves who reside in this village start to come out of their homes and go about their daily business. Boats are brought out onto the lake to begin the day's fishing. People start to take their giant salamanders for walks or load them with packs of grain to carry them from the fields into the market square of the village. And eventually, a small elven boy, by the looks of him, perhaps no older than 30 or 40, to a non-elf appearing to be maybe 6 or 7, stops and he sees you in deep contemplation in front of the house and he says oh you're one of the outsiders mister i've never seen an outsider i've never known there were outsiders but my parents and the elders and everyone say that there was a time when you could leave the village and outsiders would come and visit all the time Will your parents tell you true, because this is where I was raised as a youngster? The boy's and eyes go wild and he says, you lived in this home? Yes, I did. Almost 200 years ago, before the mist, my family went outside of Bakamura on a mission of some sort. And, well, I lost all memory of this place until recently. The boy looks up at you in wonder, his, his blonde hair glimmering in the sunlight, one of the only sources of colour 
in the immediate vicinity, and he just says, Unyika and Azoma wouldn't let anyone live in this house. It's been empty for as long as I've been alive. Perhaps, perhaps they were waiting for you to return. Quite possibly. What is your name? The boy looks at you nervously, fidgets his hands, and he says, Bruin! Hmm. And what is it you are on your way to do at the moment? He says, My father is one of the fishermen out on the lake. He usually doesn't need any help because, well, he told me that the lake was plentiful in the past and he would return with nets groaning with crayfish, but now he's lucky to bring back just enough to feed us for the night. Just the same, he wishes for me to come out onto the lake with him today so that I might learn how to catch them for myself and perhaps go out on my own when I get old enough so that we may be able to bring back twice the catch. Does he say why the fish are no longer plentiful? The boy simply shakes his head and he says, My father says it's because of the mist, that as the mist chokes the land, it chokes the life out of everything that lives within the land, and that there simply aren't many crayfish left living in the in the waters. Indeed. <laughs> You look around and you see this seems to be something that you can that is obvious to see as you look around the village and you catch sight of the grain fields just outside the wooden walls and you notice that by the standards of places outside of Bakumora the grain crops are incredibly small and thin and sickly looking. So there's not really much sort of, like, no sunlight or really... There is sunlight, but you look up and it's as if... It's as if the sky is perpetually overcast. There must be a sun, for something is lighting up the day, but you cannot see the sun. You look around and all you can see are grey clouds. I want to quickly ask my vine whether he is feeling the effects of the sun your vine sloops over your arm and he he says oh oh i tell you i'm a bit tired it's like i can feel the sun but it's not quite getting through you know what i mean like it's like if i asked you to pour me a glass of water and you only gave me half of one Right. So the mist is impacting the sun coming through, which is affecting the life in the village. and the people's livelihoods. The boy looks up at you and he says, Have you, have you come to fix it, Mr. Zinhorn? Have you, have you come to make the mists go away and bring the... fish back to the lake? Well, the hope is that we can at least do something about this. 
We're not but, sure exactly what the cause is, but my companions and I will be looking into it. The boy just looks up at you and he smiles and he shouts, Yay! And then he runs off, running down the dirt path towards the bank of the lake. How far away is the lake? It's about 10, 15 feet, not far. I'm going to follow him down to the lake. You follow him down to the lake and there you see him running towards a wooden boat that's tied up onto a post by the lake shore, currently just bobbing in the still grey-coloured water. And you see a downtrodden-looking wood elf sitting in the boat. He's watching the boy approach, and when the boy approaches, he just silently gestures for the boy to join him in the boat. And as the boy climbs in, the man in the boat notices you there, and he flashes you a weak smile, and he says, Ah! You're one of the outsiders. You must be, I dare hope, one of the storm reavers spoken of in Uzoma's prophecy. Mm. Can you tell me more about the water here? Is it still fresh? Or... He, he gestures towards it and he says, Notice how there are no ripples on the surface. Notice how, if it were not for the boat bobbing in it right now, the water would appear to be nothing more than a patch of grey mud. It is still, it is not flowing. It is drinkable. If you were to drink it, you would not get sick, but it does not sustain life. Not anymore. Xenon's uh, going to get his vine to go down and touch the water. Your vine slithers down off your hand and the boy and the fisherman watch as your vine dips its tip into the water, sits there for a few seconds and then recoils. <coughs> oh, oh, that's, oh, that's nasty. It's like it's sat in a locked room for 200 years. Well, it's quite well have possibly done that. Do you want to sip, take a sip of the water yourself? Um, just going to, like, scoop some up and look at it, just sort of... You, you place your hands in the brackish water, scoop some of it up and hold it in your hands. Looks clear enough. It looks like if you were to drink it, it would quench your thirst. But at the same time... It doesn't seem to flow, it just seems to sit still in your hand, unmoving, and you get the impression that this water is incredibly stale. Mm. That any freshness it had, had be has been stifled long ago. Right. Well... I wish you the best of luck on your fishing expedition. The and boy nods enthusiastically and the man just smiles, a curt smile, and he says, Oh, we shall catch enough to feed us for the night, but our bellies will still rumble afterwards. What? 
is the state of the fish that comes up? Or the crayfish? He says, they are not as big as they once were. They are malnourished. They do not grow to full size. Uh, they are weak, timid. They die within seconds of being brought above the water. And when they are cooked, the meat they produce is bitter, stringy. It sustains us, keeps us alive, but it is not a pleasurable meal. He looks at you with a sad look on his face. He says, I can assure you that before the mists, it was never like this. I would return from a day of fishing with the net bursting with crayfish, all of them still full of life, trying to fight their way through the net. Many of them double or even triple the size of the ones I pull from the water now. Sorry, just trying to find find something. I love when you can't find an ability you're trying to find. Yeah, I don't <laughs> don't know if you'll have anything that can help. No ability. The boy, the the boy, the man at least seems to sense this, so he just ruefully smiles and he says, "I can only pray to Uptal that you are as was prophesied, and that you remove the plight on this land. That is all that I can hope. Until then, we shall simply exist and await that day. Hope that it comes soon." And with that, he lifts an oar and uses it to pry the rope up from the pillar, causing the boat to start to drift out onto the lake. Mm. Yeah, I was trying to find my ability that allows me to find food. Yeah, yes, but... And it's an elf ability. So, racial. Yeah. It, yeah, it's an elf ability, but... Yeah, see, the off. thing is, it would work. Was it? Yeah, it so was, I, was I was trying to see if I could find what it actually was saying, what, it, like, what type of ability, but if it's an elf one, then it doesn't. Yeah. Uh, see, the, the problem, uh, it, it occurs to you that the problem is not that these people aren't able to find food. They live here in this village and apparently have lived here for 200 years. So the problem is not that they can't find food. The problem is that there is something about this land that makes everything they find just not feel quite enough. Is your background Outlander? Yeah, there, that's what that's, it would be. Yeah, uh, that's why I couldn't find it in. Yeah, feature wanderer. In yeah. addition, you can find food and fresh water for yourself and up to five other people each day. Yep, provided yeah. that the land offers. Yeah. yeah, which it currently doesn't. That's, that's why yeah. I couldn't find it, though. It, it offers was... just enough to keep people alive, essentially. Yeah, but not enough to yeah. keep them, like, you know, happy, because the yeah. species don't do happy. 
I'm okay. gonna You're okay. head back to the rest and Yep. So you return to the rest of the party, inform them of what you have found and what you've seen, and they just look at you with grim looks on their face, and it's obvious that to all obvious to all of you that whatever is going on in this land there's no time to waste. For the sake of these people and for your friends, you need to find out the source of this evil and stop it. If you don't, you will be trapped here just like them. Mm-hmm. And so, you decide, seeing as how this village doesn't appear to have anything other than the bare necessities to sustain its people, there aren't any shops well not traditional shops there's a market square but as you walk through it you notice that it's set up more as a meeting place there isn't any business or trade being undertaken it's more of a meeting place where the downtrodden villagers share stories of their day and exchange goods here and there a single meagre-looking trout for a bag of sickly-looking grain. And so if there's nothing else you'd like to do here... Before Zinhorn goes back to the rest, can he go just outside, like, the front gates of the village um, over to where there's, like, some little bush and stuff where there's a bit of cover? And he's going to just... Do some little druid crafts because we know that magic sort of has odd effects. So I was just going to like yeah. see, like, if he was to druid craft a flower or um, what would that do? So, as you, on your way back to the others, you take note of what's going on in the marketplace, then you walk through it, step out through the wooden gates into where into the area where the lizard folk were assembled last night and you head over to the bushes where the party were hiding and you crouch here and conduct some druid craft trying to create a flower the flower pops into your hand at first vibrant the rose bright red then almost immediately the stem withers turns gray and the flower wilts the petals drop away into the mud below and you look around and you see the tips of the branches of the shrubs starting to turn brown the area around me is all being affected not just not just the flower Okay. Druid craft being a cantrip doesn't seem to have had as much of a noticeable effect as the other spells you've cast, but you still see a couple of leaves drop off the shrubs. Um, and last thing, um, going to just concentrate and then just do some primal savagery to see what effect that'll you concentrate, you close your eyes and you summon the primal savagery and it manifests as you expect. Your arm grows in size, takes on its attack form. But it seems to do so by drawing energy from 
the air around it, and one of the shrubs beside you, one of the smaller ones, turns entirely brown and crumbles away into the mud. And when I wild-shaped during the whole thing before, did that have any effect on the surrounding area? You look over at where you were last night, the patch of grass that you sat down on a wild shaped and indeed you'd notice that the couple of tufts of grass here have turned grey, dried up and now just float choked in the mud. Right, but not as much of an effect as what not as, about there. as much as what Druid Craft did. Okay. I want to go back and just inform the others of the, uh, everything. You head back to the others. You step into the house and Zoma and Anjika were already there. They're sitting down opposite the rest of the party on a couple of the chairs that were just left within the room. And Zoma has a frown on his face. He looks over at his sister as she's currently in the midst of telling a story how Archdruid Fatari started his own sect of worship, presumably to Uptow, in an abandoned temple to the far south that was once a stronghold of the Yuan-Ti. Sorry, continue. And she's saying, after my father returned and dispensed with the rest of the Druid Council, he took those who were loyal to him, stating that he had found a way to bring Uptow back to the jungle and returned to the temple of Omi Kayoka. That is what he called it. However, the lizard folk knew its true name, knew what the Yuan-Ti had once referred to it by. The Temple of the World Serpent. And that's where our rivalry with the Lizard Folk began. For they refused to believe there could be anything other than evil within that temple. Pointed to my father's actions at his murder of the Druid Council as proof that something within had corrupted him. Yeah, not going to interrupt, not going to lie. Um, none of that is good, and I really have to question why you tried to defend him on that one, because none of that, like, take it from someone that is, you know, interacted and currently is a UNT, none of that is good. Zoma just frowns and shakes his head, and he says, My sister has resigned herself to fate, it seems. She believes that we are trapped here, that there is nothing that can be done, that the visions that I receive and even now maintain are sent to me by Abtau. She believes them to be nothing more than fanciful hope. And as such, defending her memory of our father as he once was, as the honourable sage and guide of our people is all she has left. Onyika just looks at him and she says, well, 
I'm not sure what you will find there, but I do agree that these mists, everything that has happened here, the lizard folk must be right on one thing, that it is born of something within that temple. So if you have any hope at all of saving us, and I'm not saying that you do, in fact, is my belief that just as your companions failed to protect themselves from whatever magic currently has them in their grasp, I believe you will meet your deaths in the temple. But if your mission truly is to save us, that is where you must go. You're just a source of inspiration, aren't you? Um... Uh, Smithy, what level was Gash's form? Oh, Windwalk. Windwalk, that's what yeah. I'm looking at. Oh, I'm, yeah. looking at the wrong I'm looking at the wrong fucking name. Uh, <laughs> uh, in by Gash's form, that makes sense. Uh, six level. Okay. So are we all here for this? Yeah, um, you're all... Yeah. This is Zinhorn's returned and he's yeah. come in in the midst of her explaining these things. Okay. Uh, I have just a quick question. In eight hours, how far can we move if we move at 300 feet around? If you move at 300 feet around within eight hours, you will be able to essentially get to the Temple of the World Serpent within a couple of hours. Bakumora yeah. is not a large place at all, and it took yeah. you about two-thirds of a day to make your way from the northernmost tip to the village where you are now, so... Yeah, moving 300 uh, feet every six seconds, we would be absolutely, like, blitzing. Well, I have... Bob has an idea on how to get there relatively safely. Well, discussion of that, Bob, it does have a question for the... There uh, is, there is... Yep, go ahead. I was going to say, preferably the one that's like, you know, not condemning us all to death, because she's no fun. Yeah, Azoma. Um, so you, you turn to Azoma, and he looks at you, he looks at you with a welcoming look, and to, you can tell that to him, he obviously but sincerely believes that you are these storm reavers that are spoken of in the prophecy that will return balance to the land and so as you begin to talk he just leans in eagerly to listen to what you have to say um i assume every well do you have many other magic users in this particular tribe at all i know your sister demonstrated thaumaturgy but he says yeah. my sister and i are accomplished druids some of the villagers have learned some very low-level druidic crafts, but for the most part, there are no magic users here. Many of the villagers indeed believe that it was magic that trapped us all in this mess. Well, that's every good chance of that. I only ask, because magic here as evidenced by the sort of jerks her head towards where the, uh, you know, where the lovely impenetrable crystal is. Magic here seems to work very differently compared to outside. Have you ever noticed this? Indeed, says the elf. 
He says, this is why many here will be remiss to use it. It, it mm. seems that in order for magic to function here, with this place being so utterly cut off from the material plane, that magic does not have access to the weave that it would normally draw upon for its effects. And so, instead, draws its power by sucking the life energy, as it were, out of the land itself. He says, in the case of your companions, perhaps this is why whatever magic they used manifested in such an unexpected way. And Bob just starts moaning to herself, going, oh, so many of their spells are bad. Oh, um, good. Uh, what is the most advanced spell that someone has attempted since this realm manifests? The two elves look at each other and then Onyeka gives you a frown and she stands up and she says, When the lizard folk raised Kaibo village and its refugees came here seeking refuge, I cast a mass healing word. She sinks into silence, obviously lost in thought for a moment, and then she frowns, bows her head, and says, It healed the wounds of the people, but destroyed one of our crops. And was the effect permanent? Have you been able to grow crops there again since? She says it is, was, it is as if the earth was salted. We have been unable to grow anything there, and times have been hard since then the seasons um, that have passed since then have given us far less yields than even what we had before and i'm gonna ask this in a meta way because i don't know how to actually ask it what level did she cast that mass here healing uh, mass cure wounds she at? explains it level, she explains it to you in a way that suggests that she just cast a standard mass healing word okay and that's level three isn't it third level i believe yes okay and that destroyed an entire field okay so i'm gonna try and cast a sixth level probably don't want to be anywhere near the village does it seem like it is only plantation that gets affected by spells being cast? The elves look at each other and then they look at you sort of uncertain, but seemingly in agreement and explain that, yes, it seems as if only the plant life is affected. The salamanders at any rate have had no visible reaction to any magic. Mm. Well, if you are going to cast a spell, make sure it's well and truly away from any croplands. Yeah, we might need to travel a day before. Or at oh, least no, an hour or two. Third, if that was two-thirds of it, yeah, maybe just an hour will be far enough to mitigate. It also does occur to you 
that after the events of the previous night where you managed to win over the lizard folk, you were told that if you feel you need assistance on your quest, that you may seek an audience with the king of the lizard folk. And according to the map of Bakumora that you've been provided with, the lizard folk caves, at least according to the elves of this village, are almost directly to the east of here. We could. So do we know for certain that the domain lord is in the tomb of you don't, the No, you don't know for certain that he's there. That's just the most okay. likely place he will be. Okay. The elves explain that aside from that temple, there really isn't anything in Bakumora. It the the few villages that once thrived in this land have been destroyed, leaving leaving this one, Akibo Village, as the sole remaining one. And aside from that, the only other place worth going would be the Lizard Folk Caves. And they say, given the enmity between the lizard folk and the elves due to the elves blaming for Mori for this situation. It's exceedingly unlikely that he would ever have a reason to go there. So they say if he is not simply just hiding somewhere within the jungle, then the only logical place he can be is at the Temple of the World Serpent. Based on the fact that we know that we could travel to the temple in one day in gaseous form, would we theoretically be able to travel there, spend one hour scouting out the area, then travel to the lizard caves in the eight hours that the spell lasts? Yes, you can. You can travel wherever you want while the the spell is active. Oh, no, yeah, but I just wanted to make sure that the distance... Yeah, no, um, the distance would be fine. Be okay. Um, okay, well, Bob has an idea, but we'll wait until we finish questioning. So, by normal, by normal standards, when you're travelling normally, you are able to travel 10 miles a day. Yeah. And according to the scale of this map, the distance from the village to... This bend in the river is two miles. Okay, so, so walking, walking normally, normally on foot, it would take about a day and a half to get to the temple. Okay, so basically in gaseous form, we could fucking yeah. do two laps around this place. You could, but yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, wind walker one. Wind uh, walker, yeah. Well, the, the gaseous wind form that wind walk gives form. you, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Uh, because Bob has an idea and will explain mm-hmm. that his idea is we travel an hour away from the village so that we don't affect the village. But either Zinhorn or I can caught past Windwalk. We can travel down to the temple, scout out around the outside of the temple, see if we can discern anything, and then possibly head back to the... Repeat, uh, we could 
and I'll hesitate to suggest this, but we could send the talkers to the lizard cave and a couple of us could come back here and we could raise basically an army to storm the temple. If we, de- if we determine that the Lord is there and we determine that defeating the Lord... Do keep in mind, however, that last night when the lizard folk had sieged the village, the village... The, the response of the villagers essentially was to go and hide. It doesn't yeah. appear as if they have anyone capable of fighting aside from possibly a handful of low-level druids. Yeah, I'm, I'm yes, but low-level that... druids could heal. Yes, but they at could. the same time, we've got to be careful. The more people we get involved, yeah. the more healing, the more damage we could do to the area. That's Not true. to mention the lizard folk only really seem to want to talk to people, maybe even want to have anything to do with us. I feel like if we rock up and bring a bunch of elves with us, that would probably... Yeah, they've invited thing. you to come and visit the king. Perhaps perhaps well, that's, restoring that's their slow. bonds with the elves may be something that would be best approached after Yeah, this yeah. Okay. is all resolved. I mean, you could still try it. It's just it would probably be quite difficult because their elves have essentially been their enemies for the last 200 years. Yeah. It's been it that the elves are trying to redeem themselves by righting their wrong, but yeah. I don't know. My guy's not the charismatic one. He wouldn't be able to spin that at all. Yeah. No. Uh, no. Okay, well, we could... In getting this solved ASAP, especially with what's going on in that... We could try and convince the lizard folk to raise an army. Yeah, the lizard folk would almost oh, yeah. certainly be able to raise an army. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if that was needed. If we decided that was needed. Mm. So, um, that seems like a good course of action, that mm. what Bolt yeah, the, described. Because Windwalk, yeah, would make scouting relatively easy. Can we actually see in Windwalk, actually? I should probably check that. You can see while yeah. you're in Gas's form, yes. Though... Once again, keep in mind, this is a domain of dread. You are not on the material plane. Magic may yeah. not work entirely as you expect it to. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, well, that's that's definitely mm-hmm. a consideration. Yeah. Yeah, using Even using bloody, bloody Misty Step was bizarre, and that was only, like, the first level so deal, second level spell. Good on fucking Shadows, eh? <laughs> so, uh, do you guys think that's, this is that's a good Bob's suggestion? I mean, but I personally don't see any fa- problem with it. Yeah, but Bob is happy with any other plan, but this is a plan that Bob has thought up. Mm, I, I don't have it. I don't believe I have anything that would be more useful on that one. Yeah, all it's really doing is suggesting take a risk using magic to save, like, three or f- yeah. four days travel if we go scout and go back to the lizard folk. So Lucian just stands up, his armour rattles, and he says, Well, I'm all for it. If it gets us out of this place sooner and back to my private booth at the dinosaur races, then, yes, uh, consider my vote a Yes. And also, if we do get this place out of a domain of dread, 
then our druidic magic may help in yeah, restoring it. Mm -hmm. If not just the fact that once again being on the material plane, it will begin to recover of its own accord. Yep. So, you thank the elves for keeping you for the night and while you don't tell them the specifics of your plan you do tell them that you have an idea that there is something you are going to try and for the sake of everyone you hope that it works and that you will be thinking of them and fighting for them make your way out of the house that you've spent the night in move through the village square where a couple of downtrodden elves just look at you as you pass, whispering amongst themselves, some of them daring to hope, others just resigned to fate, bartering their sickly grain for tiny, weak-looking fishes and withered fruits. And soon enough, you reach the wooden walls. You step out through the palisade gates and set off into the swamp beyond. Now that the swamp is lit in the daylight, it appears far less threatening than it was the night before. The inky blackness that could have been a void that swallowed you up is now just ordinary swampy terrain. Difficult to manoeuvre, but in the daylight not especially dangerous. And so, making your way through the swamp with the ever-present mists swirling around you, seemingly watching and waiting to see what you will do, you travel about two hours, two, you travel about two feet, two miles to the south of the village, coming to an embankment in the creek where the land has risen up and created a natural dam in the creek and in this area you notice that due to the water being cut off by the embankment the grass and bushes and trees are withered and sickly looking and half dead and this seems to be as good a place as any if you're going to choke the life out of the air You'd be putting these plants at least out of their misery, you think, Bulb. Yeah, I... Yeah, that's probably the best I can do for them then. Alright, yep. so you cast Windwalk? Uh, yes, I'm going to cast Windwalk and cross my fingers hoping that it doesn't kill us. Tap your staff on the ground, it squishes into the mud... And then you cast Wind Walk, and instantly the mists all swirl around you like a mini cyclone, buffeting your hair and garments, scattering them around you. And you look at each other and watch as your forms become white, pearly, and transparent. And then Beyond even that, your facial features fade away, your bodies lose all definition and form until looking from left to right at each other, all you can see are vague suggestions of humanoid silhouettes within the mist. Instantly, the plant life buckles over. You hear a snap of wood as tree trunks snap 
in half and the leaves dead drop off the branches, crumbling into dust as they hit the floor. All around you, for at least a half-mile radius, the plant life has instantly shriveled and died, leaving this place instantly devoid of greenery. The sickly green colour of the swamp has been replaced with grey and brown in a manner of seconds. But the spell appears to have worked. So where would you like to go? Well, I definitely don't want to do that too often. Um, oh, I guess we should go out and... Scout the temple? Scout, yeah, scout around the temple. Very well. See if we can figure out what there is. You fix your sights firmly south and take a step forward. And as soon as you do, the cyclone of mist once again forms, swirls around you and buffets you. The whispers within (laughs) growing louder, louder and faster as the mist engulfs you. And soon all around you is impenetrable white. I'd like everybody to please make a wisdom save. Oh, right. Madness. Fuck. <laughs> uh, non net 20 for Bobbit. Uh, am I still, am I still mad? Ah, uh, yeah, you're still mad. Uh, what were the effects of that? Sorry, I don't have my fucking book. Um, oh, I no, didn't write it down. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the same as like a two levels of exhaustion? Yeah, it was two levels level? of exhaustion, yes. Oh. Okay. Because you're constantly okay. you're constantly being assaulted by these auditory hallucinations, and they distract. That means I roll with disadvantage, doesn't it? Yes. Okay. Where's the 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 day so far had been relatively calm for you, and the couple of whispers you heard, you were able to tune out, but suddenly, back in full force, they take over. You are distracted, and so you must roll this save with disadvantage. Uh, 17. 17. Okay, and so Lucian got an 18, so he passed. How is Zinhorn? I got a 24. So, for those of you who got 18 or above, you passed and you take 21 points of psychic damage. If you got below 18, you failed and you take 42 points of psychic damage. Sweet Jesus. 42, okay. That's some spicy damage. That's a lot of mind damage. And then, as quickly as... The whispers started as quickly as the cyclone of mist wrapped itself around you. It subsides. The impenetrable white dissipates. And you find that seemingly, almost instantaneously, you have reached your destination. Indeed, you look around and cannot see any signs that there has been any passage of time at all. Oh. Wait, so we just straight up teleported halfway across fucking Mora? Perhaps you became one with the mist. You're not sure whether this thought makes you thankful that you've managed to cover this great distance in a short time, or just uneasy. 
at what price you may have paid to do it. Okay. The answer is yes. That's, uh... Unexpected. Mm. I, I don't know how to process this. <laughs> Robert's tired of the voices. Robert's got enough voices in her head. Now that you're here, if you'd like to scout around the area, I would ask everyone to please... I'd like everyone to please make some perception checks. Sure, I may as well. That's uh, a disadvantage for me. Yeah, okay. uh, well... Un- unnatural 20 either way. Yep. <laughs> I had this a is go. He's going to get me killed. Yep. I think I've only got like six hours of it left anyway, though. Yeah, yeah, you do. It's was, nearly how long, done. How long was the time on? Well, uh, it was, I had 20 hours. Yeah, 20 hours, yeah. Wow. It was 2d4, wasn't it? Yes, it was. So uh, it, was it, was a, it was a d4 or something. Yeah, so <laughs> it will subside very soon, but. Um, For the meantime, as you fan out throughout the immediate area and scout around trying to determine where the temple is and what leads up to it, Bulb, you are constantly plagued by subtle and unintelligible whispers within your head, and these distract you. You try your best to try to find anything of note, tracks, Signs of people passing through here, traps, guardians, but the whispers capture all your attention. And so that makes this group check, unfortunately, a fail. However, that still will allow you to find something. You find that eventually, the sh- eventually the swamp opens up and you find a grand dirt path that by the looks of it must what would have once centuries ago been a road further north leading south presumably to where the temple is and at the end of the dirt path the tangle of trees recede revealing a massive clearing spanning hundreds of feet across A decorative stone path leads through a row of old, broken statues of humanoids with serpentine lower bodies instead of legs. A large dais is located at the end of the path before leading off into a sprawling marsh. In the distance, you can see the very top of a large stone structure, vaguely the shape of a pyramid, floating in the middle of the marsh, surrounded by thick flowing mists and seemingly immersed in swamp water. You have found the temple. There do not appear to be any guardians. However, the temple itself is engulfed in swampy water. Only the top levels of the complex are visible and it doesn't appear to be any visible entrance, at least not from here. Normally this would be the part where I'd suggest using like water breathing, but I'm legitimately scared of what's gonna happen if I try that. Mm. Yeah, don't blame you. 
Would you like to try to get closer to the temple, see if you can find some means of entrance? In any case, you've located the temple, you know where it is, you know that it's sunken into water, um, so that informa- you have that information to give to the lizard folk, but if you want, you can always do a little bit more. Um... I've only got one more fail in me because if I fail twice, that may be the end of me. So, if someone wants to do scouting, they can do scouting without me. <laughs> Closer, anyway. All right, Zenhorn, Bobbit. Scouting is not really something I'm great at, but I'm happy to accompany Zenhorn if he wants to look around. Zenhorn, how do you feel? Is this enough of scouting the temple, or do you want to try to get a bit closer, see if you can perhaps find a means of entry? Ah, Smithy will be... Yeah, he just dropped out. Um, Ah, he wants to go closer, though, he says. Mm. So, um, Bobbit, as Zinhorn starts to walk toward... walk down the dirt path, towards the stone dais and the great marsh beyond. Are you going to follow? Um, I'll do so as quietly as possible. Yep. All right, well, I would like Zinhorn and Bobbit to please make stealth checks. So far they make these with advantage because they could be so bad. Uh, 16 for Bobbit. Really, again. Yep, 16 for Bobbit. And, ah, Zinhorn's not at his computer. That's fine, we'll wait, I'll do it for him. And that one, I didn't have the advantage. I love my boots. So Zinhorn also passes his stealth check. And so, Bulb, you watch as the two of them move ahead, walking down the decorative stone path, reaching the dais, and then moving beyond. And Bobbit and Zinhorn, as you approach the stone dais with the two broken URT statues flanking it, you realise that perhaps once upon a time this dais may have been either some sort of holy scripture referring to the god within the temple, or maybe even a warning to trespassers. But in the ages since... Any words or carvings or details that were once part of it have been washed away by water and the cold air of the swamp, and now the dace is nothing more than a smooth stone block. You step over it. Yeah, it would have been nice to know what the URT had in store for you, but unfortunately, unless you could think of a way to... Unless you could want to try something to try to reverse the damage. All this stone dais is is just a smooth stone block with no writing or any carvings. We know know cantrips still work, correct? They do. That's the one thing that doesn't seem to mess up anything. I do have mending, so I might try mending on the... um, on the dais to see if that does anything. You hold up your hand 
to hold to Zinhorn before he moves past the dais into the marsh. Place your hand on the stone surface and cast Mending. You feel a rush of wind hit you as a couple of blades of grass at your feet wilt and fall away into the mud. And then you see some very worn carvings appear on the stone dais. It's not fully restored, but it is restored enough that you are able to see draconic runes carved into the stone. Okay, what does the room say? Do you speak Draconic? I read everything. Yes, you do. <laughs> so you lean over, and ah, Zinhorn is back. And so you lean over the... Whoa, M1 is here. Wonderful. Ah. Oh my god. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah, so as so Lucian and Bulb watch, you just lean over the dais, place your hand on the vague carvings and try to use them as an aid to see what these words are. Of course, they are incredibly damaged even now with mending casts. So I would like you to please make an intelligence check. Intelligence investigation, actually, please. That makes more sense. Thank you. 21... 21. You manage to make out some snippets of what is written here. It reads as following. Within a false god. We thought it was aspect of Dendar. Something else. Sealed within. Nobody to enter. All is forsaken. I'm out of character. I'm slightly annoyed at only being half wise. I thought it would have had some, might have had something to do with Gender, but on the other hand, that's oh, that's not good. Just, um, I'm just staring at this thing and just being exceedingly nervous about everything right now. Yep. Uh, sorry to interlude. Sorry to interject, everyone. Um, can you briefly describe? What we're up to, Tony. So you are currently scouting out a temple, an ancient temple in the jungle that is sunk into a marsh, and only its top half comes out of the water, and there's a big stone dais on the edge of the water, and that's just what Bobbit was deciphering. Oh, that's just Bobbit and Zinhorn. Yeah, Bobbit and Zinhorn. Bulb has decided not to... He's decided that sighting the temple was enough for him. He's letting everyone else do the detailed scouting. And so the rest of you, it seems as if... If there's any more scouting you want to do, the only thing from this point is to step into the marsh water and get closer to the temple itself. Uh, be very careful. There's always a looming death plague. This is what happened the first time. Just want to Indeed. remind everyone. <laughs> yeah, well, this is this is less of a death plague and more just like this entire section of reality is is dying. Is broken. Just, just works. Ah. Yeah, it's a step up. Um, <laughs> go for it. Sorry. Zinhorn wants to inspect the water and see if it's 
similar yep. to back in the village. Zinhorn, please make a nature check. Uh, that is a 15. 15. 15. So you step to the edge of the marsh just beyond the stone dais, Zinhorn. You kneel down, place your hand into the brackish water and bring up a cupped hand full of water. This water is much dirtier than the water in the village. This water would not be safe to drink unless it was boiled. And sure enough, as you peer into it, you see tiny little organisms swimming in the water. Mm. Mm. Is it, um, what's the depth of it like? Will it be counted as impassable terrain for most of us? Well, at the moment, it's shallow enough that you might just be able to wade through it, but you have no idea how much deeper it gets the closer you get to the temple. Um, oh, sorry. Now, in addition to that, uh, if you've got Earthwalk, now, hmm, I'm just, just out of curiosity, well, can yes. I see if there's any mounds of dirt or any small island that may... Well, theoretically, you could merge with stone. You could merge with the floor, the bottom of the marsh, and travel under the water if you wanted. And become one with the water. Well, not one with the water, but you could become one with the bed, with the with the lake bed. And... I think I can become one with the water. Yes. I want, <laughs> I want to become the floor. Ah, so, so Lucian... So Lucian steps forwards and he looks at everyone else and he says, I have a means of scouting the water without having to move through it. And then he stands on a mound of earth just at the edge of the water and casts his merge with stone racial ability. And you watch as his form sinks down into the mound of dirt and then all that's left of him that you can see is a darkened shadow enters the water and begins to move through it. And so I'm going to roll for Sir Lucian. I'm going to roll a perception check for Sir Lucian. Whilst he's doing that, Zinhorn wants to just sort of take a moment to sort of like try and like meditate and see if he remembers anything about this area. Hmm. Meanwhile, it's still just peering at the dais going, so where are all, hmm, maybe there was something to that whole we're all doomed thing. So, uh, so I would like Zinhorn to please make a uh, intelligence check, and also Sir Lucian's going to spend an inspiration on that. Oh wow, he stuffed up. It's been a while. much better. Yep. So Zinhorn, you sit, you look at the temple, and try to remember and. You've certainly never been here. You have no memory of seeing this location. Furthermore, you do not remember anyone speaking of it, at least openly to you. Though you do remember those last days before you and your parents left Bakumora, where they would speak with Fomori in hushed tones about a place where he knew the power of Uptow lied, but... They would always tell him that, no, it's a dark place, an evil place, that he would find nothing there. And yet he would insist that that is where the answers were, that 
that what was within was evil only to the yuan mm. That's to... That's to the races of Bakumora. It would be helpful, an aspect of Uptow. And so Sir Lucian moves further into the water. And... The marsh starts out shallow around the outer edges and then slowly becomes more of a lake. The closer it comes, to, the closer he comes to the temple's vicinity. About the first 150 feet or so are shallow enough that anyone entering is able to simply wade through the water. After that distance, however, the ground descends to about six feet beneath the surface and then slowly dips towards the centre where the base of the temple sits at a depth of about 40 feet below. Sir Lucian returns about 15 or 20 minutes later. He informs you of this, that it's mostly shallow, save for the vicinity around the temple itself where it descends to a depth of 40 feet. He reports that he could see at least one entrance on the lower levels of the temple that could be accessed underwater. However, he didn't have time to check for more. It's possible there could be more. He also reports that as he drew nearer to the temple, he caught sight of an incredibly large shadow moving underneath the surface of the water within about... 200 feet of the temple. Is it possible... Has anyone got a clockwork amulet on them? You do have one. Beautiful. Can I combine that with my... Can I re... Can I use it to reset my racial ability for the day? Um, normally not, but I'll allow that. You just won't be able to use it to stabilise a, um... You just won't be able to use it to stabilise a dice roll. And so... Okay, Here's, hear me out. Before we do yep. anything, just hear me out. So, my idea, if, if I could bullshit my way... Sorry, guys. <laughs> reset my racial ability for the day. Could we then launch a surprise attack on whatever that dark and scary shadow is? Yeah, you possibly you could emerge directly below it and attack it. Um, it's just, is everyone else willing to fight whatever it is if there's a possible way to avoid its attention? We don't really know what's going because you're underneath. Yeah. Um, is it possible, can Sir Lucian accurately describe how big the shadow is? He can, and he, he describes that it was quite large, Perhaps ten feet or more in length. Bulb would. I mean, are you guys back at, with Bulb yet, or? Um, well, Bulb, you've seen that. You've seen that emerging at least as far as the dais appears to be harmless. So you can just come and join them if you wish. Yeah, I'll walk up. And Bulb's had a kind of not realization because he doesn't know if it's the truth or not, but a thought. 
If we use up all of the life force in an area, how are we going to cast spells if everything's dead? Yeah. And seeing as the majority of this group are spellcasters, we may want to keep everything around here alive mm-hmm. as long as possible. Yes, your spell slots may or may not be the only limiting factor here. I've got swords, I'm fine. Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah you got swords, yeah, you're fine. Yeah, I just got this. But to, be, to be fair with your fucking AC, go ahead, go fucking fight the 10 foot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. You, you, you got this. Quick question it, Would it be possible? Okay, I'm doing the would it be possible. Um, using the way Sir Lucian has described it to the group, whoever's got, whoever's got the best. Value for nature check. Oh, sorry, I got GPS going crazy. Uh, is it is it possible for someone in the group to use a nature check to try and yeah. mitigate what if they've seen something close to, if not possible, if it's a dark and scary creature from our previous encounters? Well, I yes. Um, by just providing a rough description of what you saw, that's enough for Bulb and Zinhorn to attempt a nature check. Oh god, I love these mechanics. Thank well, you! May as well try, I guess. Go ahead. Advantage, but... Come on. Damn, 19 and an 8. Uh, what's my nature? Nature is plus 7, so what's 8 plus 7? That's 15. So, Bulb... Uh, so Lucian describes to you a shadow 10 feet or longer swimming around underwater and the glimpse he was able to catch of it he describes it as being reminding him very vaguely of a frog or lizard and so your immediate thought is that he is describing a frog hemoth oh oh lovely big froggy oh thank you dice mechanics thank you dnd frog (laughs) <laughs> yeah, until you go and try and fight the fucking thing. Mm-hmm. Alright, so, how do you want to do this, guys? Well, considering that three quarters of the group focuses mostly on spells. I will also add, Bulb, with your nature check, that you are aware that a frog hemoth, last time you encountered one, was a terrible, terrible threat. Now... At 13th level, it is still a threat, but something you you think that the party could quite easily take. Keep in mind, however, you would be fighting it underwater. Oh my god, I can use know your... If you want, I can use know your enemy on this creature. You can. If you would have to sight it, though, again. That being said... Um... Um... That if we fight this thing, we are more than lo- we are definitely going to alert whoever is in this temple. But if we go back, grab the lizard folk, and march on this place with an army, we can take out the frog hemoth while they start invading the temple, and then we can catch up or have help taking out the frog hemoth. Well, the thing is, you don't know how to invade the temple because the only entrance appears to be underwater and getting to that entrance requires possibly drawing the attention of the frog hemoth. 
Oh, hang on, I've got an idea, guys. What if they're not going to be with hope? Okay, how about instead of stealthing it, we stealthily bring everyone to the Frog Hemoth and then spring the Frog Hemoth? Yeah, there. well, I mean, if you'd like to bring an army of lizard folk and just charge the Frog Hemoth and then get into the temple, then sure, that would work. And while they're distracted, then we just take it what's left of the Frog Hemoth. It's entirely up to you guys. Hmm. So you got a few options. One, we can, I can stealthily attack it, or stealthily get in observation view to be able to communicate some sort of signal back to you guys with a know your enemy, whether it be, you know, sign language or something, or we can get whoever's on the other side of the wall to encounter the frog emmet, and then vice versa. Well, that's if you, if if there is indeed anyone there. I will also point out that the lake itself is quite large and it is, if it is, you know, not impossible that you could simply sneak past the frog hemoth, swim past it towards the entrance that Sir Lucian sighted on the lower levels. Oh, hang on, I have an idea. What is the heaviest thing that we have on our persons? What is the heaviest thing? Yeah, so Lucian's probably the heaviest thing you've got. Okay, what is the strongest material? Sorry, mm -hmm. no, strongest material. Like, I'm just thinking, can I stealthily sneak up the frog hemoth? Bind its leg to something under the water so it can't come up. Yeah, you I mean, could try that. And then also it has floppy arms so it can't come up and it's probably going to die. You, one, are kind of ignoring the uh, whole Hemoth part of its name. Secondly, if you failed that for any reason, you'd be trapped underwater with this thing by yourself. Well, it's all like de-emerge from stone. Zinhorn and I, if Zinhorn has taken the correct, uh, the right spells for this today, could just lightning bolt the water. I mean, I have a scroll again. of lightning bolt. I'm just not sure how scrolls if work. In lightning bolt the water. Just yeah, you could, just, could just like heat up the water, fry it in the water. <laughs> oh my god! I just imagine this frog heap is just turning upside down with its head pointing upwards. <laughs> we do not have um, uh, Bulb, you, you are aware no. from your nature check that a frog hemoth in particular hates electricity and if it takes lightning damage it, it's, it, it's basically stunned for a period of time it can't move as fast and it's, it's groggy until it recovers from the effects of the hit Is, here's the question that I have to ask. If we beat this frog hemoth now, are we entering immediately afterwards? That, uh, yeah, that's a good question. The, uh, I, I was still all for gathering the oh, others of people. Hang on. I've got a way to get past the frog hemoth. Uh, yeah. We, okay. We know that there's an additional entrance to wherever we have to go underneath well, this. Well, as far line, as right? you know, it's the only entrance. Okay, stun 
Okay, lightning bolts, whatever low-level ability you can do, it doesn't matter, it's just to stun it. Yeah, you Everyone could just hit him, hit him with some electricity to stun him, and then just swim past into the temple if you want, but... I mean, we also still have wind war. Yeah, so well, so Lucian doesn't. through water? So Lucian well, doesn't, but yeah, you can, yeah. Well, no, because I'm the one that's concentrating on it. It's not a concentration. We it's, have the ability to just turn into gas and then turn back to normal. Oh, okay. So yeah, so no, it's still, still active. has the ability yeah. to turn. Can, um, this is up to you. Can we go through water as a gaseous? I will say you form? can go through water, but um, unlike where Sir Lucian was merged with the lake bed and couldn't be seen. As a gaseous form going through the water, there is a chance that you will be seen. And yeah, sure, f fair enough. The frog hemoth probably won't be able to attack you all. It might be able to get an attack at, off on one of you while the rest go past into the temple, but it will have seen you. And if it is indeed some kind of guardian, it will know that someone is approaching. Alright, there is another way. Oh, Lord. Yeah, okay. How <laughs> okay. many options? Okay, there, there, so we have a few options, but it also comes down to how many resources it's going to cost us. So if That we go was with, my point from the beginning. Yeah, well, the gaseous form <laughs> doesn't seem to... That's already... Act, the, the wind walk is already active. That spell is already active. Yeah. So you're oh, not yeah. going to be consuming any resources to do that. What you can do in addition to that is that, look, I can do Merchant Stone, go underneath the water again, but oh no, I can't, I can't hold you close to my chest. As yeah, like, no, you no, you can't. But you can merge with Stone to remain hidden, and then they will have to use their gas forms. Um, now, it says a fly speed of 300 feet. I will rule that that gets reduced to 60 Feet in the water because the water is no, dense. No, that would be fair. That would be fair. Or would you like to just honestly? We're going to come after the frog hemoth anyway, so let's just get over and done with. Let's stun the water, get into there, do whatever we have to do, get into the temple, and then we'll, well deal with him. Yeah, that is that is a point that um you that if you don't destroy it, if you don't destroy it, you may have to possibly face it on the way out. Which makes no I, Look, I, I am willing to spend my 7th level spell to just lightning bolt the fuck out of this water because it lasts for 10 minutes yep. and every round I can hit the water. Yep. Uh, and that will be 4, 5, 6, 7, 8d10s per strike. Yep, and it is weak to that. So, look, I'm willing to cheese the fuck out of it using my highest level spell it's just, slot. Are you then willing to immediately em enter the temple? Presuming that's, that it's that's alert. The question. That is the question, because it's the options at the moment are kill this thing, head in now, or go get the lizard army. So, metagaming, I'm, I'll inform you that... Oh, metagaming, I'll inform you that... Uh, the lizard folk will pledge a mob of ten scale shields to help you. Oh, scale shields are good too. Fuck. Mm -hmm. Um, just stun it. Use your lowest level spell. 
it's very unlikely that they would be willing to provide a whole army, but they were going to provide some a a squad at least. So, Lucian, you're voting for just going charging in, yeah, dealing with whatever's in there. Yeah, let's just go. Okay, let's. That's one for going in now. Yeah. How do the other two vote? Guys. Yeah, Zinhorn and Bobbit. <sighs> Zinhorn's in two frames of mind about this. He wants to not destroy the area. Yeah, because remember, and, any spells we try and use. Because if the sixth level Windwalk took out half a mile area. Yeah. Well, this marsh is this marsh is teeming with more plant life than that spot where you cast Windwalk. You specifically chose that because it was, you know, a rundown area to begin with. But if this is a sacred area, then you don't really want to destroy it. Yeah. Well, it was sacred to the UNT. And we have one of them among us. Yeah, sort of. So we'll, uh, we'll leave the decision of whether we want to destroy That said, you don't even know if any about. damage you do to this place is permanent. Considering this is where Zinhorn's from, he doesn't yeah. really want to... Yeah, he doesn't really want to... Right. So do you want to just... It comes, it comes down to, do we feel confident that we can take on whatever lies ahead by ourselves, or do we want the backup, yes or no? I want a backup. Oh, that's just me. You, you <laughs> just, like, you just want. I literally, yeah. You literally <laughs> spent this whole time talking about just leaping in and dealing with this thing. Oh, sorry, no, sorry. Yeah. Wait, I was thinking about it. Like, okay, sorry if I he wanted. Clear. No, he <laughs> wanted. He wanted to deal with the frog hemoth and then go get backup. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Okay, I was coming from a different angle. I was just like, can we just, can we just like not exactly deal it, kill it? Kill it, just stun it, and then we just run bar past it. Yeah. Or or you could take your chance just with the wind walk and just run straight past it. I hope it doesn't catch anyone. I feel like scout shields would possibly be helpful because they wouldn't be magic users and they'd be... Yeah. Because, yeah, I'm... Well, you know enough that you know there's an entrance to the temple under the water, so if you want to go... Treat with the lizard folk. Yeah. We've got gaseous form up now. Let's go get the lizard folk. Yeah. Very well. Let's be instantaneous. Yeah, we've got pretty much instantaneous travel. Which, oh god, I hope I pass this wisdom save. (laughs) Mm, Very well. You and up to ten. And if we get a night's rest there... Yeah, then your madness will subside. Well, my madness will subside, and Zinhorn could technically take uh, Windwalk if he's willing. Yeah, to get you back. Oh, you have it already? I do. Well, then if we can convince him within eight hours, you can cast it and take all of the scale shields, because it's you and up to ten willing creatures. Yeah. Okay, so... You turn away from the temple in the marsh and you step forwards 
activating your gas forms, and once again there's a whoosh of cold air as the mist wraps around you like a cyclone, engulfing you in impenetrable white. Everyone, please make a wisdom save. I'll make one for Sir Lucian. He has passed. That was a nat 20 and a 5. So I got a 15. Uh, that's 20 and a 5. Fuck. Oh, <sighs> I'm going to go to 16. 16. Zinhorn, how did you go? Let's hope. This one? Yeah, let's hope. How, how did Zin, oh, has he dropped out again? Um, Sorry, what was that? Ah, <laughs> uh, wisdom saves. Wisdom save. Oh, that's a, that, that's a 30. 30? Oh, oh wow. Okay, so Zinhorn and Sir Lucian pass. Zinhorn and Sir Lucian each take 11 points of psychic damage. Bobbit and Bulb take 22 points of psychic damage. Got to die before we even get in this temple. That's not as bad as last time. As no, the whispers true. within the mists, the whispers of the dark powers. <laughs> Wait, does that mean yes. I have madness now? No, no, no. Oh, ah, uh, yeah, because you didn't have a pre-existing form of madness. Uh, Rod. Go ahead and... Or is he immune for 24 hours because I restored him? No, he's not immune. Um, uh, sorry, no. She's not immune. Go Bob ahead and please roll me a d100. Let's be realistic. Bob has never been immune to any form of madness. <laughs> uh, 94. 94. <sighs> In the few seconds that the mist engulfs you, the whispers pierce your mind, chattering indecipherably. Okay, you have... You lose the ability to speak. Oh, fuck it. And this well, will last all- for... Please go ahead and roll me a d10. Uh, seven. Seven? This will last for 70 hours. Fuck! Step- okay, now to get- Hold on a sec. Who wants, yep. to guess, who wants to see a guess at how many verbal component spells I have? All of them? Hold on, let me check. Uh, oh, no, I, I will reiterate. You are allowed to use the verbal, verbal components of your spells. You just cannot speak. Like, this is not you lose the ability to talk. This is you are now so traumatized you are choosing not to speak. That's good because otherwise I would have literally only had two spells left. Yeah. So you could still so use your spells. Ration. You just cannot speak outside oh, of casting your spells. There goes Al. <laughs> there goes your main speaker for the lizard folk. Cast for greater restoration. <laughs> sure enough, it subsides as quickly as it starts you step out of the mist and find yourselves standing Mm. at the end of a mountain pass behind you is the glimmering surface of a creek presumably the lizard folk's sole source of water as you notice several you see several primitive fish farms scattered around the lake fenced in areas that have 
being used as breeding spots for the fish. And at the end of the pass, directly in front of you, a single cave entrance dug seemingly by hand into the side of a thick grey rock face. Um, Outside of the cave mouth, there are a series of... this is this is gonna be very 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 interesting it's gonna be a long day (laughs) and so are you ready to enter the lizard folk caves and how would you like to enter fabulously Fabulously, I mean, yeah. Well, that's no. How else would Sir Lucian enter? I was going to say, do we see any potential, like any scouts or anything outside? You don't. Like, there don't appear to be any scouts. The sole warning is these elven skulls on pikes. It's mm. unlikely that the lizard folks have had to post sentries because the elves are no danger wait, to them. Wait, 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 wait. Important question: How long would it take? For the, the lizards that we talked to when they left, how long would it have taken them to get back here? About a journey of about six hours. They would have returned by now. Okay, cool, cool. Because my whole thought is we just did, like, instantaneous... Yeah, no, no, they, they would just... have returned by now. Okay, good, good, good. But yes, okay, well, just let the party know. Keep an eye out for... Scared yep. so we can announce ourselves, because we don't want them especially... With a with an elf in our party to be just wandering in or sneaking in by mistake. So you're just gonna approach the cave and call out, "We mean no harm. We come in peace." <laughs> I mean, they didn't offer an invitation. So you step towards yeah. the mouth of the cave, making op- approaching openly, calling out to signal the attention of anyone who is there saying that you have come in peace and you have come because you have been invited. And as you step into the mouth of the cave, in the pitch blackness, your eyes catch flickers of movement, glowing red eyes, and then the glint of a weapon being drawn. And then a voice says, Who you be? Why you come here? My name is Bobbard. Our party here uh, trying to solve the lovely miss problem we have here. And we were given an invitation to speak to your leader. Please make a persuasion check. Okay. Um... Yeah, it's going to be a... I just remembered I have a pen, slight penalty with the whole mask thing. Uh, still a 25, though. Mm. You see 
you see that they do not move, the red eyes in the darkness still trained on you, and then another voice says, Lower your weapons, says Zack. These are the ones who pledged themselves to us at the siege of the village. The eyes do not move, and then the original voice, still tainted, still tinted with suspicion, says, Why there is an elf among your number? Because he came with us into this mist. He is not, well, he's technically not a member of uh, the clans that have been feuding with you for the last 200 or so years. He means no harm. I am originally from this place, but for the last 200 years, I have been, as you would call, an outsider. I have come with this band of group to resolve the issues so you once again can leave this area. Zinhorn, please make a persuasion check. Ah, uh, that's... <laughs> well, nice talking with you guys. Come on, dice. Well, that's an 18. <laughs> hey. 18. Okay. You watch as the red eyes shift from left to right, the lizard folk silently conferring, and then a voice rings out, Alf, while you are here, do you promise to know your place? My place is with this group around me to assist this area, to get rid of the mist, and allow this place to heal. Bubba always knows where her place is. <laughs> you hear whispering, hissing, as the lizard folk decide what to do, and then one of the voices says, Enough, Sizak! The scouts have vouched for them! Let them in! You hear shuffling as the lizard folk move, out from move out from their positions directly in front of you allowing you to enter and then the original voice says very well come come i shall take you to meet with king Grawl." thank you you step into the darkness and as you do you hear a whoosh as two torchlights are suddenly engulfed in flame you notice you are surrounded by lizard folk, at least 30 of them, each of them holding a weapon. Swords, maces, bows, arrows tipped with dripping green venom of some kind. Come, come, says the lizard folk holding the torch, and he leads you further into the cave. As the other lizard folk fan out, once again returning to their spots just beyond the mouth of the cave, hidden behind the rocks in niches where they can wait to see anyone who approaches. Yes, that's why we didn't see any scouts outside. Indeed. After a... After a... 
few minutes spent following the lizard folk through a series of twisting, turning, seemingly endless tunnels and caverns within the mountains. You see light ahead of you. And you step out into a large open chamber. Here in this large open chamber, there is a stone balcony carved out of the wall that towers above you and seated on a throne of bone at the edge of the balcony, looking down upon you is who must surely be the lizard folk king, at least twice the size of the other lizard folk. His scales a deeper shade of green. He looks down as you are led by the lone lizard folk into this vast chamber. And as you enter, I'd like you all to make perception checks, please. Unnatural 20. Um, 13. I got 19, even with disadvantage. Yep. Well, so Lucian failed, but that's okay. So you were led out into this vast chamber. The first thing you notice is the dozens of shiny yellow eyes peering down at you from the balcony above. In addition to the king, there are at least 20 or 30 lizard folk perched on the stone platform, watching you as you are led into the room. The open room itself concerns you. Beneath the balcony, beneath directly beneath the stone throne where the lizard folk king sits, there is another cave entrance carved into the stone, a thick iron palisade thrust down in front of it to serve as a gate. And in the large open area laid out before the stone balcony, you see patches of dried red and brown smushed into the stone floor. They are obviously old bloodstains. Wait, so this is beneath the throne area? Yep, so this is the throne area here. It's on a balcony overlooking oh, yeah. this vast open area. Right here, you see a big iron gate yep. underneath the throne. Mm. And the open area that you were being led into, the floor is covered in just faintly visible old bloodstains. Oh, boy. Cool, it's a rancor pit. You notice all of the lizard folk perched on the stone balcony above watching you. Clearly they are waiting, expecting something to happen. The lizard folk who led you here grabs a cloth from his pack, dulls the torchlight, and then scurries up a set of stone stairs up to the balcony where he joins the crowd of lizard folk above. The lizard folk mm. king leans forwards from his throne of bone, takes in the sight of you. And then, in draconic, he booms, There are only five of you! This is what my army was afraid of! I'm waiting to see if there's anything else he has to say. 
He says nothing. He simply just looks at you all and leans back in his throne, guffawing in laughter, and the lizard folk around him nervously giggle. Okay. We'll step forward a little bit and just take a knee and go, It is an honor to meet you, great lizard folk king, king of the lizard folk. Oh, we're going to belittle him. Please make a straight charisma check. Okay, straight charisma check. Fifteen. He sees in horror as Bobbitt starts this, he just sort of looks away. Bobbitt steps forwards out into the centre of the room and bows to the Lizard Folk King. The Lizard Folk King watches... And then he leans forwards, his eyes narrowing, and he roars, roars into the crowd. Who brought a yuan tea here? Uh, uh, okay, now I understand that seemingly every single race in existence has an issue with the yuan tea. Um, my, I was not born this way. This was a more recent development out of necessity to spare my own life. But I doubt that race should really matter all that much, considering we're here to try and release your people from this horrid mist. Please make a persuasion check with disadvantage. Oh, solid. Oh, that's... Okay, that's another 15. So you're going to roll a 5 and a 19. That's... Oh, dear. 15. One uh, of the Liz... Yes, yes, M1. Can I help him out? If you want, uh, you've got to step forwards and say, I'm Sir Lucian, and... Yeah, so, I Because they, they just want to see strength, so they have some sort yeah. of resolve. Can so I you draw f- my sword out yeah. and hold it on my head and say something that might provide advantage to his role? So, Sir Lucian, you step forwards up beside Bobbit. You draw your sword... Clatter your left hand on your armour and you shout, I am Sir Lucian Scuttlebutt, a knight of Waterdeep, and I request aid. Either you are against us or you are with us in this fight against evil. So I'm going to make Sir Lucian roll an uh, intimidation check and I'm going to roll that for him. And he has... He has decent intimidation, so he's gonna and he's gonna do it with advantage because he certainly looks the part. Should have smeared blood on me. He's gonna spend his last inspiration to re-roll, <laughs> and he got a nineteen. The lizard folk takes in what Bobbit has to say, and you see his mouth twist into a curl. He raises his hand, about to bark an order, but then Sir Lucian steps forwards, makes his display of strength. The lizard folk king clenches his fist, slams it on the side of his throne, and one of the lizard folk to his side, wearing a solid mask of bone, leans in, whispers something into his ear. The king leans forward and says, Know this, you auntie! Your friend's display of strength has saved your life. I was about to bark the order, 
for all of the lizard folk within this chamber to let loose their arrows. Oh, strength you you not care about. You could have mentioned that from the start. I would have used a different tactic. He says, he says, my scouts who led the attack on the Alvin Traitor's village have imparted to me the events of last night. They seem to be convinced that you are to save this land from its current plight. I do not remain convinced, but I give you a chance to prove that you are indeed capable of what they say you are. And, pray tell, how would we do that? Mm -hmm. He says, you have two choices. You impressed enough upon my scouts, and your friend here has impressed me enough with his show of power that if you simply wish to leave now, you may do so. No harm will be brought upon you. Or you may submit to me and undertake a test of strength. He smiles with relish as he speaks these last words. Can I, uh, question you? Yep. Can I ask him, what would that prove? He says that you are strong, that you can fight the evil of this land and destroy whatever false god that arch-druid of the elves has raised up in the temple. Now, can I throw the question back at him? And I said, now what, again, what would that prove? That would prove almost nothing that you are weaker than I. If I have to come to you, if I've had to brave so much, my friend had to sacrifice himself and he became a UNT in the process. What does I'm, that prove about you? I'm going to make Sir Lucian roll a persuade check. I'm going to roll that for him. Oh, let's, let's call him on his own bluff. Let me see what Sir Lucian's persuasion is. Oh, he gets a plus six on that. So, so that's not bad. That is a 12. Mm. Unfortunately, Sir Lucian has no more inspiration, so we're just going to have to go with the 12. Everyone, rally right behind me. Just rally right behind me. Give me that advantage. Come on, do it. Rally behind me. I've got an idea that might give you advantage, but I just need to look up a spell. Yep. Um, hold on. I'm looking up the spell. Where the fuck? Yeah. I mean, I'm happy to turn to a word target form if he, if he really wants a display of fucking strength. Yeah, if you want to just, if you want to, transform into. Yeah. Um, probably don't all transform because you know they, you don't want to make them think you're going to attack them. But yeah, mm. if Bobbit would like to become a were tiger, that would add advantage okay. to the role. You know what? Can you, or instead of having to transform and waste a spell spot, just say those words. Mm. We believe in him, and rally yeah. behind. That counts as an advantage, wouldn't it? Eh. I mean, it doesn't take a spell slot for me to do that. Yeah, I know. I don't want to waste a spell slot for you. I just said it doesn't take a spell slot for me to do it's that. It's your way to like a form, like short rest, long rest. Um, no, they don't have a limit. He just gets a level. No. Bobber just gets a level of no. exhaustion every time. Yeah, that's why I use them sparingly. Yeah. I have a way that I reckon I could make them realize we're strong enough, but I've used far too many spell slots already. Yeah. 
that's yeah. fair enough. Which is so fucking cool. Bobbit steps forwards, raises, throws her head back and roars instantaneously. Her muscles bulge out <laughs> as she assumes her were-tiger form. This adds advantage to Sir Lucian's role with a display oh, of good. strength. I swear, Christ, Gets a 22. Thank you. The Lizard King smiles and he says, Indeed, the Yuan Ti does not appear to be as frail as she looks. And you, Sir Knight, appear to have surrounded yourself with people of strength and courage. He says, So you will help us then? He says, Perhaps. He says, I was going to challenge one of you to single combat with me. Wait, quick question. This has been bugging me this whole time. Yep. He's been speaking draconic this whole time, yeah? Uh, he, he has. He has. Does Sir Lucian speak draconic? He at does. All, he actually oh, does. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt yeah. that one. It was just, I wasn't sure. Please continue, sir. The king frowns and he looks at Bobbit and in her were-tiger form, looks at Sir Lucian and he says, I was going to challenge you to a single combat with myself. Victory would prove that you have what it takes to lead my warriors into the temple of the world serpent. I shall dispense with that, but I must see that you are capable of fighting for what is right. He slams his fist on the side he slams his fist on the arm of his throne and he roars bring out the child of uptow i'm sorry the what now two of the lizard folk nervously scramble down the stairs of the balcony make their way to the iron gate underneath the throne and then giving one glance at the king they reach over and lift the iron bar holding it in place it immediately begins to rise and as soon as it does the two lizard folk fearfully scurry back up the stone steps joining their kind then all is silent save for the gate groaning as it opens raising raising and then thump the ground shakes thump the ground shakes again and then from somewhere in the darkness beyond the iron gate there is a terrible monstrous roar then the child of Uptow steps through the mouth of the cave into the arena a Spinosaurus please uh, roll for initiative <laughs> just get that brief moment but just so like hand in fist just goes oh that's what they meant <laughs> uh, this is going to suck do I roll initiative with disadvantage uh, With two levels of exhaustion? Yes, you do. Unfortunately. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a 14 for Bob. 14, yep. Wow, you had disadvantage and I still rolled lower than you. Well, if I hadn't had disadvantage, that would have been a nat 20. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, well, I get a 13 and this is... Oh, boy. The huge dinosaur steps out. 
its full form emerging into the open chamber. It roars. It looks just like a T-Rex, except possibly twice the size. It's back... It's back displaying a huge, imposing ridge of fins. Flashing red and black in the flickering torchlight of the balcony of the balcony above, it sees you, narrows its eyes, and roars, sensing its meal. Fight well! Shouts the king. Show us what you are made of. So who? What is everyone's initiative? I've got Sir 14. Lucian. Sir Lucian got seventeen. Thirteen. Zinhorn. Eighteen. Okay, Zinhorn, you are up first. Okay, so... Um... Zin... So, it's just the Spino? Yep, just the Spinosaurus. Um... What I'm going to do, I'm going to... Just move over to the stairs yep. over here. Actually, before you do that, I just realised you are within 120 feet of the Spinosaurus. You must make a wisdom save, please. Okay. The DC is 18. Well, that's an 8 plus my wisdom save of 11, so 19. Yep, 19. You are fine. It's frightful presence has no effect on you. You are willing to fight this monster. So you run to the nearby stairs, and then what do you do? I'm going to do a frostbite king trick just so I can also observe what, what happens to the surrounding area. Because yep. there's no real... Yeah. Alright, so you cast frostbite on it. It's going to make its check. That is a 13... It does not make it save, which means it gets disadvantage on its next attack roll. Yep. And that is a 6, a 4 is 10, plus 3 is 13 cold damage. 13 cold damage. Icicles glisten off the Spinosaurus's thick hide. You see no observable effect from your spell at first, but then you see a tiny little red mushroom by your feet start to turn duller in colour. I call this out to the other spellcasters. Yep. It is Sir Lucian's turn. What would Sir Lucian like to do? Just run, charge up and attack it? Oh, he's gone now. So, yep, he's resuming back into into his default idea of just charging the creature. So Lucian draws his sword and roars, ah! as he rushes towards it, passing his wisdom save so that he is not affected by its frightful presence. And then he wails upon it with his sword. That is 3d20. Okay, so he hits it two times out of three. 2d8. Plus, let me check. 2d8 plus 16 damage, that will be. Uh, 16, he deals 27 points of damage to it. 
He's then going to roll a d10 and make a precision attack. He adds an extra 4 points of damage, so that is 31 points of damage to the Spinosaurus altogether. It is now the Spinosaurus's turn. It roars as it makes its first attack on Sir Lucian. That is a bite attack. So the first roll is a nat 20, but it rolls a disadvantage. So instead of a 33 being a nat 20, that is a 32. (laughs) So Lucian takes 41 points of damage as the creature closes its great maw around him. And then he is going to roll to see if he is grappled. I I think there's something beautiful about this whole visual image of you know, the great knight pulling out his sword, charging into battle, and then immediately getting eaten. It lifts him up and he screams, struggling, held in its mouth as it roars, restraining and grappling Sir Lucian. And then, now that it has grappled Sir Lucian, it squares its eyes off at the next target, Bobbit, yeah. and charges straight forward, Sir Lucian still held in its mouth. Mm. And then it makes its first claw attack against Bobbit, slashing Mm -hmm. with one of its tiny arms. That is a 26. Yeah. To Bobbit, you take 22 points of slashing damage. Oh, God. Yeah. It then makes its second claw attack, which is unfortunately for it a nat 1. Yay. It is the end of the Spinosaurus's turn. It is now your turn, Bulb. Oh, yeah, Bulb's turn. Yep. Uh, Bulb is going to try and conserve his spell slots. And he's just going to cast Dissonant Whispers at it. Yep. Uh, I believe that is a wisdom. Make? I oh, believe first, it's a first, wisdom save. First, I need Bulb to make a wisdom save. And with disadvantage, of course. Uh, that's a 15. 15? Uh, that is a fail. You are frightened of this terrible creature bearing down upon you. And so, first of all, you must use all of your movement to get as far away from it as you can. Okay, I believe that is 30 feet. Yep. Uh, Yep, 30 feet. Yep, so 30 feet, you're going to go 5, 10, 15... 20, 25, 30, right out of the mouth of the chamber. And is it within 60 feet of me? Uh, it is 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, It's 40, exactly 60 feet away exactly 60 feet. You can still attack it. Any well, uh, ability gotta... checks will be done with disadvantage while it is in your sight because you were frightened of it. Aww. Well, that, that's okay. Cause... Yeah, you'll get disadvantage anyway. I know. Yeah. Uh, it Does must it make needs... a wisdom saving yep, throw. It's making a wisdom save, something it is My not very good at. My save is 18. It rolled a 13. Yep, uh, that's 3d6 psychic damage, and it is. it must now do the exact same thing that yeah, I just did. Yeah, run as far away from you as it can. So it's going to <laughs> move immediately... It's going to move immediately over here as it takes 13 points of psychic damage. And then... At the end of your turn, it's going to use one of its legendary actions to roar 
roaring, it's frightening roar echoing throughout the cavern, and I need Zinhorn, Bobbit, and Sir Lucian to make wisdom saves to avoid being frightened. That is a 30. Sir Lucian has passed his, and so has Bobbit. Very well. It is now Bobbit's turn. Okay, so magic's kind of off the cards at this point, so... I suppose I might as well take out my stick and go and knock it on the head a bit. Yep. You rush towards it. (laughs) And also, oh, and you need to make another wisdom save because it's now the start of your turn because its frightful presence is active. You haven't Uh, actually been subjected to it yet, so... Ah, well. You'd think a were-tiger would be less scared of a Spinosaurus, but no, I rolled a a two, so that's an eight overall, so... Yep. So you must immediately no, use I... your movement to run as far away from the Spinosaurus as you can. So you immediately turn tail. You have two choices. You can go where Bulb is, or you can run off into the adjoining chamber. Um, I'm going to go with Bulb, because I have no idea what's in the other room. Maybe. Yep. So you just run to join Bulb. And Get then kitty. you can cast a spell, if you like, to attack it. True, true, uh... Uh... Probably sad now, because... I'm gonna start wailing on that, but never mind, I'm just... Guess I'm just gonna start throwing some Eldritch Blasts at it. Yep, go ahead, roll to hit it. Third beam is a 22... Third beam is a 17... 17 does indeed hit, roll the damage. Okay, so I've got two... I've got two beams off that one. That's 11 points of force damage. 11 points of force damage, very well. Fortunately, I can't really do much else than that, except, you know, go get it, Keeper. I'm going to just sit <laughs> here and keep my tail tight between my legs. Keeper stands in place. He stomps his foot into the dirt, throws his head back and roars. <laughs> Trying to do his be- best approximation of the Spinosaurus's roar, but it just falls way short. Five, uh, he's 10, 15, 20, 25. <laughs> sure. He can't quite he can't quite get there. At the end he's of your sure. turn, the Spinosaurus is gonna use one legendary action to charge towards Keeper, and then it's going to make a tail attack on Keeper, swinging its huge tree trunk-like tail in his direction. Now, fun question. Yep. Well, let you roll. I'm guessing we can go roll to see if you're hitting everything first. Yep. Um, that is going to be a non-natural 32. Fun, fun. A uh, quick question. Yep. What type of damage would this be considered as? It's non-magical bludgeoning damage. And it does absolutely nothing. Yeah. However, <laughs> it That's... does knock Keeper prone. That's fair, but... The tail slams into Keeper, knocking him off his feet, sending him spiralling into the dust. He takes no damage from this, but the Spinosaurus, be you know, it's a dinosaur, is not yeah, aware of this. Realize. That's fine. Just free punching bag, buddy. Go at it. It is now Zinhorn's turn. Well, Zinhorn looks over towards the Lizardfolk King. Yep. 
and calls out, you want a show of power? And then it transforms into a monstrous centipede. Ooh, nice. The lizard folk king looks over and you just hear him laugh. <laughs> As the lizard folk cheer on, clearly enjoying this show. So then in monstrous centipede form, gonna make my way over to the Spinosaurus. Bite the Spinosaurus. Go ahead. Your hundreds of legs flailing. You run towards it and sink your pincers into its body. That is a 19 plus 7, a 26. That is a hit. So that is 2d6. That is uh, 15 points of piercing damage. Yep. And we need a constitution save, please. Very well, very well. Constitution save is 27. So it's passed, but he still takes half of this. Yep. 6 and 5 is 11, and 4 is 15, and 4 is 19, 21, 22. So it takes 11 points of poison damage. Oh, nice. It roars in pain as you sink your pincers into it and then at the end of your turn it uses two legendary actions to make a tail attack on you it's also gonna get the vine to swing around but <laughs> ah yes yeah go ahead roll to hit with your vine that is uh, wrong page uh, that is a 17 17 that is a hit oh and a d8 is three points of damage. Three points of damage, better than nothing. <laughs> it lashes out its thick tail. That is a nat 20. And so, Zinhorn, you take 56 points of bludgeoning damage, and you are knocked prone. Okay. 56 points? Yep. And you are knocked prone as you are flung off its body onto the ground. It is now Sir Lucian's turn. You hear Sir Lucian's armor clanging and he's, as he's still flailing around in the dinosaur's mouth and he's going to first of all make an athletics check to try to escape. He gets a plus 10 on his athletics, so, you know, he, he has a good chance of getting out. That is a 22. You hear Sir Lucian roar as he forces himself out of the dinosaur's mouth, dropping down in front of it. And then he raises his sword and goes in for the attack. And that is three hits. So that is 3d8 plus 24. He deals 37 points of damage to it. And then, at the end of his turn, the Spinosaurus is going to use its last remaining legendary action to make a claw attack at Sir Lucian. That is a 27 to hit. It hits Sir Lucian and strikes him for 20 points of damage, bringing him down to 80 HP. It is now the Spinosaurus's turn. 
It roars and is going to attempt to make a bite attack on Zinhorn. Opens its huge mouth and goes in for a bite attack, and that is a 25 to hit. Uh, that does hit. So, Zinhorn, you take 34 points of piercing damage, and you are now grappled and restrained in the dinosaur's mouth. Okay. It then decides to make a claw attack against Sir Lucian. Rolls a non-natural 31 and hits him for 21 points of damage. Is there a limit for how large a creature can... It can't grapple anything bigger than large. Well, I'm a huge beast. Oh, okay. So you are not grappled. It just bite you. It just bit you. So yeah, you're not grappled. You're still prone. And... It then makes its second claw attack against uh, Keeper, who's lying on the floor. It strikes him, but deals no damage, and then it roars. Okay, uh, Bulb, you're up. You may make a wisdom save to attempt to not be frightened. Uh, That's a 17. No, you're still frightened, unfortunately, so you must use your movement to get further away. Okay, well, wherever I go, I'm not going to be able to see it, so I can't do anything. You just run out of the mouth of the cave, and you can no longer see it. And I'll be out back. I'm just going to put all the animals away. Okay. At the end of your... At the end of Bulb's turn, the Spinosaurus uses one of its legendary actions to charge towards Bobbit. Thanky me! And drawing an attack of opportunity from Sir Lucian, he swings. And as he raises his sword and charges valiantly towards the creature, you hear him shout, "Ah, ah!" And he tips over backwards, slipping on a conveniently buried banana peel. He clatters to the ground and swears. You're prone. You and Keeper are prone, unfortunately. This was an awkward time for a banana peel because I get the imagination that this is going to hurt. Yeah, Bobbit, it is your turn. It doesn't. It uses legendary action oh. to get to you. It cannot attack you. Oh well, that's fun. Okay, in that case, I need to do wisdom save to get out. Uh, yes, get out of frightened. Mm, that's going to be a twenty-three. You are no longer frightened. You do not have to run no. away from it. You see it barreling towards you, and you decide that. Look, Let's take it. You want to yeah, fight? Gonna bring it back. on. I'm going to roll back and just start whacking him with my lovely stuff. Yep, go ahead. Roll to hit him. Uh, that is a 23 to hit. That is a hit. Roll your damage. That is going to be 14 points of bludgeoning. Ooh, nice. And then, because I'm in my wet tank form, I get a second shot. You do. That is... Oh, good lord. That is a nat one. Oh, it's okay. (laughs) You rush forwards with your staff prepared to strike, and then you feel your foot slipping on something. You look down and see the same banana peel that Sir Lucian slipped on that's been flung... Flung away from where he slipped on it by the force of him falling, and then you trip, tumble over, and curse yourself. 
Right. It's just that awkward moment of like getting up on my feet and just looking up, going, "Oh, right, angry dinosaur directly in front of me." At the end of your turn, the Spinosaurus is going to use its final legendary action to make a bite attack on you. That is a thirty-one. Well, gee whiz, I guess that hits. Okay, you take 43 points of piercing damage, and you are now grappled and restrained in its mouth. Wait, I shouldn't have been taking half of it. Yeah, you can take half of it, by the way, because it's non-magical, so that is 21 points of piercing damage. Okay, how much damage did I take before when I got attacked? Uh, From the tail. That should have been halved as well. Uh, That was... Let me just scroll up. That was... 21 points, so you take uh, 11 points from that. Okay, so I add another 10 to my HP. Yep. And then how much damage did I take this time again? You took 21 and you were grappled in its mouth. Okay. Well, great. We're back here again. See, you know what? <laughs> Bobbit has an official track record of every time we've fought a dinosaur, Bobbit has somehow ended up getting eaten by it. It is now it is now Keeper's turn. He uses half of his movement to climb to his feet and then moves five, ten feet. It is Zinhorn's turn. I'm going to get onto all of my feet. Yep, so use half of your <laughs> movement to stop being prone. Um, and I don't think... I've got 40 feet, so I don't think I can get... Almost, but not quite. In that case, I'm going to sort of move more this direction. Yep, move over to the side, yep. Give yourself some space between the dinosaur and you. And Keeper. And Keeper, yep. Very well. Any Anything you could do that's not attacking? Not in this form. Very well. It is Sir Lucian's turn. He moves 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. Charges towards the creature, his sword drawn. And he swings at it. 3d20. That is, unfortunately, only one hit. He deals... 15 points of damage to it. And he is going to follow up with a goading attack. He's going to roll a d10. Uh, D10 deals an extra 2 points of damage to it. And strikes it with his goading attack. You want to fight someone with real strength? Fight me! He shouts. The creature with Bobbit still in its mouth turns to look at him. And now it must make a wisdom save every time it tries to attack somebody who is not Sir Lucian. It is the, it is the Spinosaurus's turn. And rather than just chomping down on Bobbit... It heeds Sir Lucian's goading attack and makes a claw attack on him. Thank you. That is a 32. It hits Sir Lucian for 25. 
It's nice that we finally found something that can actually hit Solution for a change. <laughs> I know. I Problem know. Is that if you can hit Solution. What... <laughs> it then roars and makes another claw attack on Sir Lucian. This time it nat ones, failing to hit him. And, the and then it's it twice, man. And then with Bobbit in its mouth, it's going to attempt to crunch down, but it needs to make a wisdom save. Oh god. It made a wisdom save of 12, which does not meet Sir Lucian's maneuver DC. And so as Bobbit, as you feel its teeth crunching down, Sir Lucian shouts, No! No! I'm your food! Me! And the creature just stops crunching down and looks towards Sir Lucian, its gaze fixed upon him. And it is now uh, Bulb's turn. Bulb, you may make a... Actually, you can no longer see it, so you're no longer frightened. As soon as you move back into sight, you will have to make a wisdom save again. Um, so what's the current positioning of everyone? Because I was away for most of that last time. I am time. inside the Spinosaurus's mouth. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, does the green around Zinhorn denote that he's still wild-shaped? Yeah, he's still wild-shaped. Yes. Okay. I, I'm, yeah, I couldn't get to him. Okay, I'm going to try and... Still uh, uh, um, too tired to think of shit like this. <laughs> uh, he is he technically outside at the moment? He is technically outside. He's in the mouth of the chamber. Although this isn't outdoors. This is just the cave. Another part of the cave. Oh, okay, so everything is still indoors, okay. Yeah. I suppose I suppose we can say for your sake that there no, is, like, to do that. a couple parts mm. of the cave where there's open air. You don't need to do that. All right, what would you like uh, to do? Uh, that being said, I don't have any fucking idea. Um, I guess I'll just try to get inside of it, I guess. Yep. Once you move towards it, please make a wisdom save. Oh, that's a 25. You pass and are now immune to its frightful presence. Yay. Okay, just let me look up what I can do with this spell, and I'll let you know what I'm doing. Very well. You square down this huge beast in the mouth Uh, of the chamber. Can I get within um, touching You can. Yes, you have just enough movement to do so. Okay. I'm going to cast Contagion. Ooh. And I'm going to cast Flesh Rot. Ooh, okay. It's going to make it save. That is a 10. Uh, I think I need to hit, though. Uh, Okay, yeah. Go ahead. Roll to hit it. Make a melee spell attack. Uh, Do Ah, I make uh, attacks with disadvantage or no? No, you don't make attacks with disadvantage. Uh, I'm wielding my staff, so that becomes a plus 12. Uh, 17 plus 12, 29. Yep, that's a hit. Uh, so, Flesh Rot. Uh, creature has disadvantage on charisma checks and vulnerability to all damage. Ooh, nice. 
yeah, as its flesh starts to decay. Roars, and at the end of your turn, it considers striking you with its tail, but then it remembers Sir Lucian's goading attack, and instead uses its legendary action to strike him with its tail, rolling a nat 20 and hitting Sir Lucian with 64 points of bludgeoning damage. Hey, Jesus! Sir Lucian makes his first death save, and he passes. You know what? That's not surprising. Holy shit. It is now Zinhorn's turn. Um, hello? Oh yeah, Bobbit's turn. Yep, go ahead, Bobbit. If you want to try to escape, it is an athletics check, DC 18. How many legendary actions does he get? He gets four per... He gets four... He gets four, but then when it gets to his turn, they refresh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so this counts as an action to escape, doesn't it? No, no. It's a it's a bonus act. It's a movement to try to escape. Oh, it's a movement. Okay, yeah. so that's four. So either you escape and get away, or you don't have to try again next turn. Yeah, well, that's a nat 20, so just yeah. a very angry roar as I prize drove and just hit Bobby yeah, going, you just... every single time with these stupid things. <laughs> you just snap some of its teeth and it roars in pain as you leap out of its mouth, land next to Bulb. So you said this thing has vulnerability to, to all damage, damage yes. Good. It does. With my bonus action, I'm using Grim Scythe and I'm going to go and wail on it now. Yeah, go ahead. Mm. Okay, so first one is a... I'm going to guess a 31 hit. Yeah, definitely hits. That's a d10 plus my normal. Okay, yep. Okay, that is... Now, if it has vulnerability, that means I double it. Yep, means you double it. Okay. Okay, so that first hits, because I've rolled max damage, is 34 points of necrotic damage Ooh. as I swing with the scythe. Yep. And we'll go again, because going again is fun, and that time well, I rolled an 18 and 17, so that one's going to be 30 to hit. Yep, definitely hits. Yes, okay, and this time really, so 7, 7, 14, 28 more points of necrotic damage. 28 more points of necrotic damage. Oh, <laughs> Oh. He's still up. Bobbit is not happy. He Stop roars in obvious pain, but is still up somehow. And then at the end of your turn, at the end of your turn, he makes a bite attack on Bowl. Oh, yeah, because going attacks. Yay! That is 31 to hit. Yeah, it hits. Okay, Bulb, you are taking. 48 points of piercing damage and it grappled in his mouth. 48. Okay, cool. God. As he roars, grabbing you up in his mouth. And it is now Zinhorn. It is Keeper's turn. Keeper moves 5, 10, 15, 20. He's able to get to the Spinosaurus. Keeper just roars and starts pounding his fists into the creature's legs. Yay, go for the shins. So that's going to be a 17, so a hit on the first. Two hits altogether. And that is going to be, is vulnerable to all damage, so that's going to be 54 points of damage. That's one hell of a Charlie horse. You hear a sickening crack as the flesh golem's huge fist pounds into the Spinosaurus's knee. He had 16 HP left. Oh, God. 
he roars as his knee buckles and falls over in pain, squealing. And as his body hits the ground, there is a loud thump. You are all shaken as Bulb is spat out and flung out onto the dirt, rolling, covered in saliva. Well done! Well done! Cheers, the lizard folk king. I am impressed! The rest of the lizard folk cheer and clap as one of them rushes out and drops a couple drops of some sort of healing balm in Sir Lucian's mouth. Uh, he's... Yeah. Uh. <laughs> the shame the flesh is running because Bullet would have happily tried to eat. Yeah. You, you, you still briefly consider it, I'm sure. You briefly consider getting some meat off this thing and you notice its scales losing colour and flesh starting to drop off its bones and you still wanna go ahead you still wanna go ahead and take a bite. Yeah, screw up for spiteful, yes. Okay, <laughs> yeah, so I'm immune to poison, so yeah. you know, You see a part of the flesh that still hasn't fallen off the bone and you just smile and let out a roar of your own as you close your teeth upon it and start gnashing at it, tearing it away. And this seems to impress the lizard folk even more as they continue to cheer, clapping, raucously applauding you. Well done, shouts the lizard folk king. Consider yourselves proven. When you leave for the temple, you shall go with ten of my finest scale shields. Until then, even though you are as strong as you say, I see that even you cannot bring down a Spinosaurus without sustaining some damage. He gestures towards one of the adjoining tunnels leading off the chamber. He says, please, please, feel free to rest. Rest up as much as you need. But when the sun rises tomorrow morning, I will be giving the order for my scale shields to march. Mm-hmm. And so oh, you... And so you retire to the chamber adjoining the arena, a guest chamber set aside for those who the king deems worthy enough to stay. By lizard folk standards, it is luxurious. Instead of sleeping in a mass of furs on the floor, the room is strung up with hammocks hanging about half a foot off the stone. And so... You are able to get a long rest. Please fully heal. Woo! No more curse. Mm-hmm. Yes. Not Time for, for Bobbit. Oh, yeah, Bobbit. Full capacity. Act at full capacity once again. So you get a long rest. Yeah. You are Sin fully Holland recovered. Stays in his um, monstrous centipede form for the start of the rest. You just see him all sort of curl up there with his all of his legs just in a meditation pose. <laughs> Despite the fact that you do not need the sleep, it is, after all, 
only about an hour since you awakened in the village. You take advantage of this time, letting your wounds be tended to, enjoying a filling meal. The lizard folk hail you as heroes after seeing such a display of strength, and they are willing to host almost seemingly constant feasting until the sun goes down later that night. And by the time the end of the day actually comes and you retire to your hammocks for rest, you are well fed, full, your wounds tended to, and you are well stocked for the journey ahead. Mm-hmm. And so naturally, the next morning comes and... Your sleep having once again been plagued with fragmented, unknowable nightmares. You pull yourselves from your hammocks, aching and groggy, as if as if you haven't slept for days. And as you step out into the audience chamber, you find a squadron of ten lizard folk scale shields, each of them wielding a morning star with sick-looking barbs attached to the ball, each of them holding in his left hand a high steel tower shield covered in spikes. And as you emerge they salute you. Hmm. Look at that. We now have a private militia. The lizard folk king looks at you in approval as his scale shields gather around you, and then, as one of the lizard folk servants appears to escort you from the caves, the lizard folk king smiles and he says, May Abtal go with you. And if my men must die, may they die fighting for what is right. Within minutes, you have been led once again through the twisting maze of caverns and tunnels that makes up the lizard folk caves, until once again you are in the sickly, pale sunlight of Bakumora. The ever-present mists once again swirling around you, sending chills down your spine. The lizard folk scale shield standard attention. What would you like to do? Well, I'm willing to cast Windwalk if Zinhorn is willing to cast Windwalk. Yep. Um, Steve's at the ready. Yeah, that's <laughs> the only problem. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know. Uh, I do have plenty like of feelings. Good. So, anyone feel like giving like a Farquhar level of speech to these lovely lizard folk? Of, yeah, you're probably all gonna yeah. die, but hey, at least you're cool with it. One of the lizard folk notices Bulb pulling out his staff and clasping his hand around it, beginning to mutter some arcane, some arcane incantation, and the lizard folk looks towards Bobbit and says. We are not walking through the swamp? Mm, as much fun as that sounds, we prefer to take a uh, faster approach to this problem. Also, I swapped out uh, lesser restoration for call lightning. 
hope you very well. Let's hope you don't need lesser restoration. I've still got it, sir. And I've still got greater restoration. Yeah, greater as well. Okay, Okay. (laughs) The lizard folk looks at you and he just says, Magic? Only the shamans know of magic. You are truly powerful. To hear me know what the totem pole is now. Some of you may invoke a slight sense of madness, but as long as you put to good use and still try to hit things that aren't us, we'll work around Shit, it. that's right. If they fail, they get madness, not just damaged. Yeah. Oh, God, we could potentially kill all of them. You it's, could. Uh, uh, maybe we need to walk it. Yeah, probably walking might be the best of way. Uh, <laughs> okay, you know what? I will let you that. know. A lizard folk scale shield has 32 HP. How many trees were around the area? Um, we're going to. Oh, quite a few. It was a swamp. It was a marsh. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Transport <sighs> bot via plants. Yeah, but. Wouldn't they have the same problem? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Well, Misty Step and Windwalk have both involved you in a sense becoming one with the mists. This one won't. This one's actually going through a physical plant, yeah. Plant. You're using the plant as the conduit. Yeah. Do we want to risk that instead? Because this time we just need a normal-sized tree. Yeah. And there were plenty of those. Yeah, there's plenty of them. And area around the temple is a marsh, so... Alrighty, then. Because I have another way of dealing with the frog hemoth as well, which will require us not to fight it. Interesting. I like... I love likes all of these plans. Because frog hemoths are a monster. They are. So Bulb steps forwards, taps the end of his staff to a nearby tree, and you hear you hear a sound you were not expecting, Bulb. The tree itself screams as its trunk is torn apart, spraying you with blood, and there in the viscera you see the portal. This is Bulb just just why I like well, alrighty then. <laughs> Alice, do. Alice said it doesn't want to talk about this. <laughs> ah, that's going to haunt us for some time. That's, yes. Uh, I'll figure. <laughs> Trying to put what you just saw in the back of your <laughs> minds, you signal for the lizard folk to follow you. Squeeze through the gore and viscera into the gnash in the tree's trunk and step into the portal. For a brief second, you're engulfed in darkness, and then you hear another scream. Oh, the love of God! (laughs) And suddenly a gash opens in front of you, and you find yourself stepping out of the trunk of another tree. So that's 1d12 sand loss. Uh, I just lost 12 sand. (laughs) (laughs) In front of you is the stone dais at the border of the marsh, the upper levels of the temple pyramid, still 
still sitting there above the surface of the water, watching you as if waiting, as if daring you to come closer. Okay, well, you know what? I'll take the nightmares for my life for not having to make a wisdom save and getting here only a spell slot down. Yeah. I'll take that. I will take that. You see Sir Lucian peering at the water and he says, Now, if it's in the same spot as yesterday, we shouldn't have to worry about it until we're with about within 200 feet or so of the temple itself. Meaning we have about hmm, 150 feet of wading into the marsh to prepare. Well, it's far more intelligent than what you were trying to say before. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, well, I can try and charm it, which will give us one hour of it being our friend. Oh. Um, but I need to be within 30 feet. Yeah, and it's that's going to be close enough to get it to attack. Yeah, so... Not frying the lead. What components so... does that spell have? Pardon, sorry? What components does that spell have? Does it have a verbal component? Uh, verbal and somatic. Well, you... You will likely be underwater when the Prophemoth approaches. If I was to, like, splash you could, the water, you could, would it come to investigate? Yeah, if you stay on the surface and make a big enough disturbance, it would prob probably come. Well, However, I will double its casting time due to the fact that you're going to be in deep water and you still have to make those movements. Um... While we're coming up with a plan, can Bob start ritual casting water breathing? Because I feel yeah, like we're yeah, of course. Bed. So the lizard folk just unless, stop, and ready their weapons and shields, staring at the great edifice in the water ahead of them. While Bobbit begins drawing a circle on the ground, casting. I was going to say, could yep. we not just have the uh, lizard folk like dr drag the frog hemoth to us, then have like the lizard folk fight it off while we go inside, or is that you know? Well, obvious, obviously you would then not be able to bring them inside. True, but as far as I know, water breathing only has a limited amount of uh, how many people I can use it on. That's true as well. And there's so, people uh, I can't upcast it either. So. so you want to just cast the lizard folk with attacking the... With someone mm. drawing the frog hemoth's attention, bringing it back here, and then you just... That is the mission you were giving the lizard folk to fight it and make sure the way is clear when you come back out, essentially. And those who survive can come and join you in the temple. How many short are you from being able to do? Um, um reason the damn spell is not on my list, despite the fact that I know I have it. That's rather annoying. Anyway. Uh, let me check. Water breathing uh, is. Uh, water breathing six. up to ten willing creatures. Oh, ten. So even still, we're still short. Because I don't need it. Oh. Okay. Yeah, because he can just wild shape into something that can swim. And so could I. I don't believe Keeper would... Wait, Keeper doesn't... Need to well, Keeper doesn't breathe, so... No. 
So, so Lucian could merge with stone and be the floor lake bed. It's literally yourself and the lizard folk. Yeah. So I could use it on the lizard folk and I can hold my breath indefinitely. I just need to make sure I at no point get into a position where I get in trouble with that. Yep. Does everyone think that's a good plan? I'm okay with it. Because I was playing on wild shaping anyway. Alrighty. Just, so you might yeah, not need to fight the frog hemoth at all. You might be able to just get swim past it and get into the temple. Yeah, but if it acts anything like the frog hemoth yeah, from, from the from trials, Omu, yeah, then it will... touch the water, it knew where you were. Yeah. So I what is the plan? Pong, but... So what is the plan? Water breathing and fight it, or water breathing and try to get past it into the temple? Bob is going to step one foot in the water and just, like, step really heavily. Yep. Step Little into the water, splash. Yep. Splashing <laughs> <laughs> the water around you, and you think on the edge of your vision, you see a shadow of something out in the centre of the lake, but on the edge of the lake, you are of no interest to it. Okay. Hmm. As far as you know, frog humans aren't magical of any kind. They're just really big beasts. Yeah, they're just really big beasts. They're not magical. Hey, Keeper. You want to go play with a new friend? <laughs> like, literally, I don't think there's anything... So you want to send Keeper in there to I, get its Keeper, attention? If, if, and I mean, if it tries to attack us, Keeper doesn't need to breathe. And if it's non-magical, like... From what I remember, it's, it's immune to both bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing from non-magical attacks, so... Yep. I don't think there's anything the frog hemoth from memory can actually do to it. I mean, it can just eat him. <laughs> oh, there's you a know. floor in your plan. <laughs> I mean, it could just eat any one of us, so, yeah. you know, I was... I'm throwing in ideas here, man. Anyway, your water-breathing ritual is cast, and you point to each of the lizard folk in turn, feel the magic surge through you. Tufts of grass and marsh shrubbery wilt around you, and then in unison, each of the lizard folk drops his morning star and clutches his hand to his cheek, opening his mouth and screeching in pain as violently as violently gills begin to tear through the flesh of their cheeks. Oh, we definitely should have had them closest to the water. Um, hmm. Okay, start leading lizard folk to the water because I think they're going to drown and suffocate otherwise. Are they, yeah, I don't think, think, the, I don't think the pain, pain is coming from not being able to breathe. I think the pain is yeah. their necks you know possibly mm. ripping open. Yeah, you the know, pain is from really... the pain yeah. is from their their the sides of their heads and necks being forcibly torn open to give them gills because that's how the spell functions here in the domains of dread. Uh. You know what? Bubba feels slightly better about not casting this on herself. <laughs> well, it's you um, and Finn willing creatures, isn't it? No, it's just oh, no, up to ten willing. Yeah, up to ten willing creatures uh, doesn't okay. have to include yourself. 
clutching okay. their hands to their necks and cheeks. They fall to the ground, mm. writhing in pain. This continues on for about two minutes until suddenly mm. the screaming subsides. The lizard folk climb to their feet, pick up their weapons and mm. look at you. Giant gills mm. now running down the sides of their necks. Okay, um, sorry, no ill harm was intended there. Wasn't quite sure how that one was going to work. That, hmm, that's, um, sorry. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> I hope you guys have a plan because I'm pretty sure the lizard folk might want to eat me after this. <laughs> the lizard, the scale shields just look at you and one of them says... There will be more pain to come if we do... We will, there will be more pain to come if this was done for nothing. Oh, good. Cool. No hard feelings then. Okay, we're good. Mm -hmm. So what do you wish to do? Uh, what I wish to do is get inside this temple. Yeah. Yeah, same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So what are you doing with the frog hebeth? Are you fighting it? Are you just going to try to hopefully not get its attention? The lake is large enough that it's very possible you could wait for a time when it's not in the vicinity directly in front of the temple and then stealthily make your way past it. Now that you can breathe underwater, you basically you don't have to stick to the surface. You can stay right at the bottom of the lake maybe possibly even going underneath the frog hemoth. Yeah, Zinhorn's going to water elemental. Yep. Zinhorn transforms into a water elemental and dives into the marsh, ripples spreading across the surface as he becomes one with the brackish water. Can I see how... How goes of seeing under the water? You can see. You cannot see the frog hemoth. It is further into the centre of the lake. Um, Zinhorn's going to move further out towards the middle. So Zinhorn, as you move further, you move about 150 feet in where the lake becomes deep enough that wading would be would be impossible where swimming would be the only way to proceed and you see that this part of the lake is about 200 or so feet in diameter with the temple roughly in the very center and with your passive perception you catch sight of the huge shadowy form of the frog hemoth and what it appears to be doing is circling the bottom levels of the temple as if patrolling it takes about three minutes for it to complete a lap of the lake, giving you, if you were to stick to the very bottom of the lake, a window of about 60 seconds where you would be able to get to the temple and possibly enter without the frog hemoth being aware. Um, so being one with the water, so I'm sort of move without making like currents and stuff or you still make currents but you but you are less noticeable than say if you had just jumped in the lake 
you will still need a stealth check, but you'll get advantage on it. Okay. That is if uh, you wish to get closer. Can I see the entrance? You cannot see the entrance from here, but you remember Sir Lucian saying that it was somewhere at the very bottom. Do you want to try to get closer? Yeah, I want to go and see if I can at least spot the entrance. Yep. So please make a stealth check with advantage. That is an 18 with advantage. Moving slowly, carefully, sticking to the very bottom of the lake so that any currents you generate will be well below where the frog hemoth swims. You make your way closer to the structure within the lake. This finely crafted, the finely crafted stonework of this massive structure has only begun to show signs of age and wear. Only the upper levels of the building are visible over the murky surface, decorated with carved illustrations of huge serpents and various depictions of melded shapes of humanoids and snakes. The rest of the building seems to have sunk into the waters years ago, the soft ground forcing the entire building to lean partially to one side. Now that you are close enough, you can see a brilliant glow shining off the rooftop of the building above the surface, almost like a dome and casing something at the very top, accompanied with sounds of a great whooshing wind and a crackling of thunder. Also, with your passive perception, notice not one but two entrances below water. There is a large crack in the south side of the building on the very bottom level that you could very eat, that is immediately visible. This is probably the one that Sir Lucian saw. There is also, on the level above this one, a smaller crack in the corner of the building where if you were to... It would require some effort, but you would probably be able to squeeze in, meaning that there are two entrances. A break in the wall on level three, and the obvious huge crack in the front of the building that would let you let you emerge on level four. So the Sinhorn being water elemental could easily make it through the small gap? Yeah, he could very easily get through the smaller gap to get to level three. And you said that the glowing part was at the top? Yes, above the surface. So above the surface of the water? Okay. Yeah. And roughly what level... Is the frog hemoth sort of swimming around? The frog seems to be swimming around to what would be roughly equivalent to level... to the uh, Roughly halfway between level 3 and level 2 of the building. It's below the surface. Yeah, level 3 and 4 are below the surface. Level 2 and level 1 are above the surface, but in between 3 and 2 is roughly where the frog hemoth is swimming. Right, you're counting... Downward, so one's at yeah. the top. Yeah, right. so one is at the top, four is at the bottom, yeah. Yeah, cool. That makes more sense now yeah. that I'm thinking, like, basement floors, not... Yeah, because like, yeah. ordinarily this would have been above water, and so the top mm -hmm. would have been where you entered, and then you go down into the temple. But yeah. because of the fact that it's sunk into the water, your 
your quest is essentially going to be enter in the bottom and climb up. Right. Um, can Zinhorn make his way into the higher of the two? He sure yeah. can. So Zinhorn, trying your best not to generate any currents, you reach the temple itself, you press yourself against the wall and then lift yourself up to level three, to the second entrance, the crack in the wall. And then you force yourself through the gap into the darkness on the other side. You are currently in a small pool of water about two feet wide and the water very quickly comes to an end opening up into one of the te- one of the rooms of the temple okay so that's what i want to find out is yeah. the, the inside of the temple inside of the temple appears to not be submerged good to know at least not all of it not this part so would uh, you like to return to the others and tell them what you found Yes. To make a stealth check with advantage, please. Oh, that's a natural 20 and a 19. Natural 20. You see the great <laughs> form of the frog hemoth swim past as you force yourself through the crack. You immediately dart to the lake bed and speed towards the marsh. You climb out of the water, return to your original shape and tell the others what you have found. So oh, what, before I, did I did Bobber say before that she understands everything or Bobber, do you understand everything? Because if so, then he then Zinhorn won't need to actually mm. transform back. No, I read all forms. You read all forms, cut. yeah. Oh, I would be able to cast tongues, except if we're underwater, I you know I I I I'm holding my breath. Yeah. Well that that's for now so that I can actually Yeah, that's just if you're willing to cast tongues right now, Zinhorn will be able to tell you what he found without having to transform back. I was gonna say I'm pretty sure more than I can understand anything translated. There we go. So you so Bob, do you speak Aquin? I speak Because you never asked me to specify because at the start of the yeah, campaign. Yeah, it's just primordial, primordial, yeah. Well, yeah. Sir Lucian also speaks primordial, but he speaks the Earth variant. So I would like Sir Lucian and Bulb to please make intelligence checks to see if they can actually pass what Zinhorn is saying in Aquin. Uh, soft 20. Soft 20, Okay. And so Lucian also passed. So the two of you being familiar with Primordial, but not specifically with Aquin, it takes a few moments for you to adjust to what Zinhorn is trying to say, but then you realise there are words in Aquin that are extremely similar to other Primordial words. It only takes a few minutes for you to cobble together some meaning from what he is saying. And so you're now aware of everything that he saw. And I didn't have to leave my form. Yeah. So if you are willing to try and make a group stealth check, and this will be a big group stealth check because the lizard folk are with you. I mean, I... I'm still getting Rokima's attention personally. Mm -hmm. Uh, Um... 
Would a giant octopus be able to make it through? Yeah. I ask Zinhorn, would a giant octopus be able to make it through the crack? Yeah, it's big enough that a giant octopus would be able to squeeze through. And as a giant octopus, um, yeah, you would be able to... You would gain uh, advantage to stealth as well because you're a water creature and you would know how to manipulate the currents enough that you could probably evade the frog hemoth's attention. Giant octopuses, octopi, also have uh, underwater camouflage. They do, yes. So, well, that's where you get the advantage from. Yes. Yeah. So I'm going to become a giant octopus, use one of my wild shapes. Um, when we're ready to go. Yep. And that gives me a good chance of... Uh, fuck. Is pass about trace concentration? Uh, let me see. Let me check. Um, pass without trace. Pass without trace is concentration up to an hour. However, Sir Lucian can cast it once per day as his racial ability instead of merging with stone. Uh, can I cast it using my staff and keep concentration as a wild shape? Yeah, concentration yeah. doesn't break. Um, wild shape doesn't break concentration. Okay, well, I'm because I'll actually be traveling um, through the water with everyone. Yeah, then that means that he'll be able trace. to stay within thirty feet of me. Yes, um, because Sir Lucian, if he does that instead, is then going to have the problem of breathing. Yeah, breathing. So he can go through the ground, and yep. I will. So Lucian just shrugs, he steps into the marsh and you watch as his body slowly sinks into the brackish water, becoming one once again with the seabed. And then you cast okay. Pass Without Trace, see its effect wash over all of the lizard folk, no longer hearing the rattling of their weapons and their shields, and then you wild shape into a giant octopus and follow Zinhorn into the water. I got a 34 on my stealth. Lovely. I would like... I rolled a natural 19. <laughs> I would like Bobbit to please make one, and I'd like Zinhorn to please make one, and I will be rolling for the 10 lizard folk. So... Okay, 31. So, plus... 10 for pass without a trace gets me to a 37. 37, and how did Zinhorn... How did Bobbit go? Uh, 31. 31. So Lucian does not require one as he's part of the ground, and with the plus 10, only two of the lizard folk failed. Oh, good. Damn. So, yeah, hugging... Just, just sort of, like, just floating along, letting the, everyone else just drag her along to stay really still and hold my breath. Hugging the bo very bottom of the lake bed, moving as carefully as possible, you slowly draw closer to the temple... Moving at such a speed means it takes you about half an hour before you reach the temple itself, crawling at a snail's pace along the lake bed, but you reach it undetected by the frog hemoth and just see its huge shape circling overhead as it patrols the temple. Will you be going through the main, through the big crack in the bottom, or are you going to go through the entrance that Zinhorn found in the level above? Oh, will the lizard folk be able to make it? The lizard folk should be able to fit. The gap, the crack looks big enough that you should all fit, except for possibly Bulb. 
who may, if he is unlucky, cause some of it to crumble away. Isn't Bob an octopus? Oh, yeah, Bob's an octopus. Yeah, no, so yeah, no, you're fine. You can all make it in. So, one by one, you all squeeze through the gap in the third level of the temple, emerging in the pool on the other side. You see dim light up ahead. Follow it and soon enough find yourselves breaking through the surface of the water, emerging through the floor of what appears to be one of the rooms of the temple, currently in almost pitch black darkness. No way to determine what awaits until you climb out of the water. What do you do? Do you wish to just climb out of the water and begin your exploration? I mean, as long as Bulb doesn't go first. As long as Bulb <laughs> doesn't go first, yeah. Because he is a... Let me be the Cthulian horror, thank you very much. Oh no, I meant considering the last time we went into a place that had underwater access, by the time Bulb came out, Bulb was already dead, so you that's know. True. <laughs> yeah, that's Memories. right. Bulb, Bulb can't stay in octopus form. Well, he can on land, but it would probably be better if he didn't, because... Oh. I can hold my breath for one hour on yeah. land. Bulbs can breathe only underwater. But I, they can hold their oh, breath, hold for, breath for an hour, yeah. It's more in terms of moving around and combat that is the... Yeah. Is the danger here. So, is there anything you wish to do before you emerge from the water? I'm just going to move you into the correct room. I'm going to move you into the correct... So right now, as you poke your heads over the surface of the water, all you can see is that you're in a vast, very dark room. The air is very stale, as if it has been... As if this room has been sealed for decades, centuries. And you can vaguely make out in the darkness what appear to be the shapes of trees and shrubs. So what would you like to do? Mm. I'm going to actually reveal the room since you're in it. Oh, um, also... Uh, so is that... Yeah. Oh, that's the room that we just popped yeah, out of. Yeah, so you're okay. here, yeah. The room, the room, the other room that's revealed is the, and is the way from the other, um... Yeah. yeah. But Zinhorn found the alternate entrance, so... Fair enough. <laughs> so, um, how do we determine that this room is clear? Well, you'd have to climb out of the wall. Does anyone have dark vision? Uh, yes, I have dark vision for 60 feet. So... Okay. So, just keep in mind that the majority of this... The majority of the bottom half of this room is mainly contained underwater. And so when you pop your head out of the surface of the water, you have maybe about 
about just the just enough room for your head to pop out of the water and graze the roof of the room. And when you peer any further outside of the pool of water in the dry part of the room, you can make out what appears to be a large pillar to the north. And beyond that, perhaps what to you looks like a patch of overgrown trees. Overgrown, overgrown trees and shrubs. And as you study them, you think you catch a flicker of movement coming from them. Meanwhile, to your left, there is a small alcove that looks to have once been some sort of study. You can see a table and chairs, what appears to be a desk, but all of these things are shadowy, cast in grey, and even with even with your dark vision, without an actual source of light, the actual identity of these objects remain a mystery until you get close enough to examine them. Oh, what to do, what to do, what to do. Uh, I don't know. Somebody's gonna go up first. Um. Uh. Well, my stealth is only when I'm underwater. Mm. Although I do still have better stealth now as a giant octopus than I do as fucking bull. So. I mean, who's got the best stealth here? So you're going to emerge into the alcove to the left or into the room proper to the north? I would prefer the alcove only because I'm yep. entirely sure I trust the... So you pull yourself out of the water and begin walking along the tilted floor. This temple is tilting to one side, meaning that the majority of the rooms in this place are at a slant. And so you find yourself hiking up into an alcove that appears to have once been a study. There is a table and four chairs, the wood rotting away, half liquid merged into the muddy floor. None of it looks none of it looks like it contains anything of note save for the desk pressed against the northernmost wall. This appears to have been a recent addition. It has been placed in a part of the room that is considerably dry and is still relatively intact. There is an unlit lantern and an open book sitting upon it. Mm. Mm. I can very easily light that, but I'm also still not sure what's going on with the other side of the room. Would mm. You could do an investigation check to see if see what you find without lighting it. I can definitely try. Go ahead. 
something higher than 14, though. So, you determine that the other, uh, other pieces of furniture in the room appear to be old bookshelves. Almost all of the books are waterlogged and ruined. Atop the desk are some writing materials, and next to the open book, what you can just make out in the dim light as a map of the Bakumora region. There is a small scrap of paper lying on top of the map with the words Sanctum L7R4L11 written on it. Okay, I gotta write that one. Uh, down. I can put a note on the map if you like. That would also help. So it says Sanctum L four R L seven R four L eleven, yes. L seven R four L eleven. I'm still gonna write that down, but yes. The only other object of note on the desk itself is the open book with the writing materials next to it. Thanks to a ribbon in the book, you can tell which page was most recently opened. Uh, can I read any of this in this lighting room? I have to actually... You flip open the book and you can make out that there are words on the page, but no, it is in this room this many words, you would need to get to a source of light to read them. Very quietly go back over towards where the other guys and goes, okay, found something, but I need light to see it. How safe are we in this room? So, the only signs of movement that anyone can see are coming from the north, from the grove of overgrown trees and shrubs. Aside from that, the room appears to be silent and empty. Mm. The lizard folk swim ahead and begin hiking up the slant, eventually emerging from the water in the northernmost part of the room. They approach the huge stone pillar you can see in the centre of the room and begin leaning against it. Nothing appears to happen. Okay. Hmm. I'm going to hold my breath. And try to stealthily make my way to the door so I can see out of... Yep, please make a stealth check with advantage. And pass that trace is still active. It is still active. So, uh, 33. So, Bulb, you pull yourself along the slanted floor towards a rotting wooden door that separates this room from the rest of the temple... Leaning forwards, you push the door open with one of your tentacles and peer outside and make out that this room appears to lead into a larger hallway with options for heading to the north and a staircase to the south that appears to lead up. 
that leads up. And we wanted to head up, was it? Because that's where the glowing That's where the glowing was, yes. Uh, Sorry, just getting a touch tired. That's okay. Um, That's fair, man. It's been a a long week for you. Do the rest of you wish to pull yourselves out of the water and join Bulb and the lizard folk? I think I'm yes. prestigitating to light the candle next to the book in the map. Sure. You cast prestigitation and the candle flickers to light. You may now attempt an investigation check again with advantage. Okay. As Zinhorn, Keeper, and Sir Lucian hoist themselves out of the water, heading to the northern part of the room following Bulb and the Lizard Folk. And well, this time around, I got uh, 21. So now, in the flickering candlelight, you are able to see that on the underside of the desk is a small secret drawer currently locked. Okay. We'll look at that in half a second, but what does the uh, book have to offer? You flip open the book and read the words upon it. It's... The handwritten writing states, It has been years since I have written anything. I know not why I even bother. Perhaps it is because I grow restless. Even now, with all this power, I feel powerless. Yet I refuse to let this cursed jungle from becoming my... refuse to let this cursed jungle become my tomb. Each day, the aspect grows stronger. One day soon, it will become the conduit for the great god's return. Oh, great Uptal, what new found glories will you reward to your loyal children when we help you to return to the jungle? Ah, uh, shit, he's not dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> can I flip through to see some of the earlier... You flick through and find that this appears to be a journal of someone describing themselves only as an arch-druid. They are Mm. on a quest to save their realm from the magical storms that plague it as a result of the spell plague. For whatever reason, they have been drawn to this temple, which, in the past was said to contain an aspect of Dendar the Night Serpent, but was abandoned by the yuan after this aspect turned against them. I think that's even worse. This allowed a group of adventurers to clear the remaining yuan out of the temple, leaving it to rot abandoned in the jungle for several centuries, until the Archdruid decided to venture into the temple, somehow convinced that if the god was not Dendar the Night Serpent, that it was instead Uptow. Okay, might want to keep hold of that journal. Uh, can I inspect the uh, mystery lock that's... You see, the, the lock is a recent addition, almost as if the Archdruid carved it himself. As a result, it is extremely primitive, and would fall quite quickly to your thieves' tools. Mm, yeah, that's why I'm concerned, though. Does it look like there's been any sort of 
magic using like sort of magic runes or anything. It doesn't kind of not that it. you can't find any. You almost get the impression that the archdruid never intended that never th even thought that anyone would come after him into the temple. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess if no one else minds, I'm just going to go crack open the lovely thing that's here because who knows what could be inside it. Very well. Yeah, so I'd like you to make a thieves tools thieves. check, please. This has been million years. That's with dex and proficiency. It sure is. Wow, that's about as good as I could get for that, because that's a 27. You insert your thieves tools into the primitive-looking lock, jiggle them to the left, and within a few seconds you hear a click. The drawer immediately springs open, revealing inside a scroll of greater restoration. Ah, oh, well, I'm sure he uh, he won't miss that. <laughs> so right, you we'll take it. Take that and just uh, slot the drawer closed. You slot the drawer closed and join up with the others in this strange room. Suddenly, the four of you hear whispers, incomprehensible, as you see, as you see in... The corner of your eyes, once again, the flicker of movement amongst the overgrown trees and shrubs. A carpet of dead leaves sweep themselves across the stone floor as if carried by an invisible wind. And there, in front of you, they coalesce on the wind, forming the shape of a great skull. The skull winks at you, and then an invisible gust of wind scatters the leaves once again. Somewhere from much deeper in the temple, you hear the sound of a scream of anguish. Uh, okay. Does anyone else know what just happened here? Did anyone? Did Bulb hear that anguish scream? Yep, you all did. Uh, can I determine if it came from the north or south? May make a perception check, please. Tell us what your octopi ear here. Damn it, that was a seven plus perception. Plus uh, damn, that's only a twelve. You try to determine the source of the scream, but it appears as if oh. it is carried upon um, the wind itself. Would I have been able to hear that? Or you determine the same thing? Ah, even if I rolled with advantage. Yep. So you can I roll? Or you can roll. You could, you, mm -hmm. I'm just gonna. I'm just. I'm just gonna tell you that, even no matter how much you try to hone your hearing, yeah. it appears as if the whispers, the constant whispers, that seem to come from someone watching your every movement, discussing what to do with you, and the anguish scream. It's almost as if they are carried on the air itself. Mm -hmm. Lovely. What do you wish to do? Bulb informs you that there is a hallway outside of this room. It travels to the north, but to its south, there is also a staircase leading up. Well, we need to go up, my guessing, to the... See the glowing, section. yes. So, is that... 
we're in front of where Bulb is, is that open or is it? Now um, he's pushed it. Oh, he's pushed the door open a little bit that he can look through, but it's not fully open. And there seems to be no enemies that we that Bulb not can that see. Bulb can see. No. Zinhorn's going to make his way through. Yep, just going to push the door open. Well, it doesn't have to go anymore because he's still in elemental yeah. form again. You sweep, you splash through the gap that Bulb made out into the hallway outside. Sure enough, as Bulb described, this vast open room contains another door leading to the north, and at the southernmost end, what appears to be a stone stairway leading up to the next level. The walls of the Grand Hall are carved in faded car are covered in faded carvings depicting hordes of humanoid serpents being led by a gargantuan snake made of shadows. The stonework on the floor appears to be discoloured, even scorched in different areas. To the south, past two giant serpent statues, a set of carved marble steps lead up, leads up to an iron-bound door made of dark wood. A constant smell of mildew pervades the area. And as for sounds, there are bursts, there, there are portions of silence occasionally punctuated with incomprehensible whispers and more screams of anguish coming from elsewhere in the temple. Zinhorn's going to move a little closer to uh, the stairs and keeping an eye out for anything. Yep. How much closer do you wish to go? Sort of another square. Yep, so down. Does anyone wish to come out? Yeah, down, down to, to like there. Square. Does anyone else wish to come out and join Zinhorn? Well, as a giant octopus still. Yep, come out and... As soon as I can't keep holding my breath, I'm going to turn back. transform back, yep. Yeah. So you step, you drag yourself, drag yourself through the door, come up beside Zinhorn, and as the two of you make your way further to the south... You do not notice that several of the trees and shrubs that have overgrown this portion of the hall are alive. And as you draw closer to them, they attack. Please roll for initiative. Lovely. Lovely. Something tells me I'm going first. <laughs> Nine. Nine. I'm gonna get pummeled. I'm gonna get pummeled. How did Bobbit do? Uh, Eighteen. Eighteen. Okay. As you suspected, Zinhorn, you are up first. Yeah, I rolled a natural twenty, so you see three of the smaller shrubs and one gnarled tree come to life. They, you hear the sound of cracking wood as their 
branches and trunk begin to snap open, revealing what must surely be strange mockeries of mouths, and they open them in silent screams as they lurch towards you. Um, so, how big are the shrubs? The shrubs are medium-sized. They're about your about the height of a humanoid. The tree is large. Okay. Um. So, water elementals in Hood is going to step forwards yep. and att- attempt to whelm two of the shrubs. Yep. So the shrubs are going to make their checks. And that is going to be a 20 and a 22. They both, both uh, make it, yes. But they do, do they take, I'm pretty sure they still take damage, don't they? Yeah. Uh, that is 12 plus, that's 16 points of bludgeoning damage. Very well. Did anyone get higher than 19 on their initiative? I got 18. Okay, well, enemies are up next then. (laughs) Bummer! Okay, so the first Shrub Blight, already having been attacked by Zinhorn, makes two claw attacks, swinging out with its sharp branches. That is a 9 and a 7, neither of those hit. The second shrub blight does the same, flailing its branches. That is a 17 and an 18. They both hit. So, Horn, you take 23 points of slashing damage, and you are grappled. Um, so something yep. I just realised is that, firstly, um, Water Elementals has resistance to s- slashing non-magical ah. damage. Okay, so you ah. take half of that. So you take. Water is also immune to grapple. Okay, so you take that twelve points of slashing damage, and as it tries to grapple you, you just turn into liquid and spill through its body, coming out the other side. That makes a surprisingly uh, large amount of sense. Yeah. Helps the read abilities and yeah. not just abilities. Yeah, but, like, really I know. Things. You hate that when you get like halfway through a campaign and go, oh yeah, crap, I'm still alive. How many times have I taken damage? Not that I, I know. Blight 3 lurches um, forwards towards Giant Octopus Bulb and it makes two claw attacks. That is a 16 and an 8. Uh, what is a Giant Octopus's? Let me check. Let me uh, check. the 16 hits. 16 um, hits. Class is 11. You take 11 points of slashing damage and are grappled in the Shrub Blight's branches. Okay, dokey, so that's 52 down to... Okay. Uh, Okay, I'm grappled. Yep. Finally, the Tree Blight lurches forwards... And it makes two branch attacks, swinging its thick branches at Zinhorn. So that is a 28 and a 19. So you take 30 points of bludgeoning damage. Down to 15. And then the roots at the base of its trunk begin to twist and gnarl. One of them buries itself in the stone and pops out, bursting through the stone, striking Bulb. 
That is a nat 1, but it gets a second attack with its grasping root. Fair enough. That is a 27. Yeah, that is the opposite of a nat 1. You take 9 points of damage, and the grasping root wrenches you from the shrub blight's branches, and now you're grappled by the root... And then because it has someone grappled in its roots, it makes the, its bonus action of its bite attack as it uses its grasping root to pull you towards its huge trunk, opening its more like mouth and chomping down on you with a nat 20. Oh, that's okay. Or 36 points of piercing damage. I'm back to myself and I take four damage. And because of your size, you are no longer grappled by the grasping roots, so you just get dropped in front of the tree blight. It can only grasp medium or larger, and the fur bulb is considered large for the purposes of grappling. And so, yeah, medium or smaller. Yep. Yep. It is now Bobbit's turn. Oh. Bobbit, you hear the you hear sounds of crashing and stomping coming from the room outside, and then you hear the sound of Bulb screaming in pain, having been knocked out of his giant octopus form, and you know that some fight is going on outside. That sounds about right. Well, no, no, I don't think that Bulb was actually quite calm at the moment. Quite calm. Okay, so what you just hear is... You hear the sound of something heavy being thrown against the floor and your first thought is, oh, I hope that's not Bob. I just, hmm, hello, that sounds like an octopus being grabbed. So I assume you want to run out into the room. Yeah. 5, 10, 15, 20. You have 10 more feet. Oh, good. Yeah, I can obviously see what's going on. Yeah, you can see what's going on. You see that oh. a tree and several shrubs have seemingly come to life and are attacking Zinhorn and Bulb. Cool, cool. Look back to the rest of the people in the room going, Okay, trees are alive. Druids are fun like that. I would love to use my big fire spell because, unfortunately... Yeah, go ahead. In the no, yeah, I know, because they're in the way. Of that. And, you know, so instead we're just going to go, like, flick a quick firebolt in the tree blight's direction, see if it yep. takes any noticeable damage on that Go one. ahead, roll to hit it. That's going to be a 22 to hit. 22 to hit, that hits. Roll the damage and double it, please. Oh, that's fantastic, because I can do 3d10 worth of fire damage. Uh, 16 says 32 points of fire damage. Nice. The tree flails its limb, its branches and roots, trying desperately to put themselves out. It is made of wood, so it catches a flame. Oh, yeah, it does. Cool. Okay, these things hate fire. Good to know. Yeah. And you said I still had movement left over here. You still have 10 feet of movement. Cool, cool. I'm going to slink back 10 feet towards the room and go, Keeper! Go get. Go get, buddy. Keeper roars. He rushes forwards. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25. He gets to the doorway. It's a lizard folk's turn. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. They get in the doorway and... 
with them and Keeper in the doorway, so Lucian is unable to get through to throw his throwing axe. Oh, what a shame. Sorry. <laughs> it is Zinhorde's turn. They hate fire. Okay. Wait, Did I get my go? Oh yeah, no, Bulb, you didn't get your go. Go, Bulb. Sorry, I go forgot what you, I forgot what was your initiative. Nine. Nine. Oh yeah, yes, yeah, so you go last anyway. But yeah, you yep. can get get your get your um turn. Okay, I how damaged is the tree bite looking even though it's on fire? Um, it's still got plenty of fight in it. It's thrashing around trying to smash its branches at Zinhorn, but the fire did seem to burn a significant chunk of its bark and a couple of its branches have fallen off. I walk up to it quite calmly and try to touch it and cast Blight. Blight. Yep, you can walk up to it and you're going to place your hand on its trunk. Uh, a, uh, yep, and so I need to make a touch. Yep, go oh, ahead. Oh, wait, no, hold on. Oh, it must make a constitution saving throw. Yep, I don't make, need to actually it's gonna touch make, it, so I'll stay where I am. Yep. Oh, you, uh, oh, yeah, and because to... it is a magical plant, it makes a saving throw with disadvantage. It does. So the first yeah. is 21, and then the second is 11. It fails, and it takes 8d8 maximum damage. Ooh, go ahead, roll that. No, 8d8, 8 times 8. Oh yeah, yeah, maximum damage. Yeah, yeah it failed. Yeah, yeah, sixty-four, 64 automatic damage. Points of damage. <laughs> its bark starts to turn grey and drop off as the blight surges through it. The sickness taking it, and it is down to forty HP. Uh, and then as a bonus action, is there anything else I can do as a bonus action? Um. No, that's that's pretty much. Yep. I'm going to use hidden step to turn invisible for this turn. That's a good idea. Yep. So turn and invisible. Just, yeah, just step stay away. Right try to avoid the flailing branches. It is Zinhorn's turn. All right. So, noticing that one, they're on fire. Zinhorn is going to move. As far away as you can. Yep. So as you... This way. Yep. So you draw an attack of opportunity from the tree blight. He flails one of his branches at you. That is a 27 to hit. That does hit. You take 20 points of bludgeoning damage. Half to 10. Half to 10, yep. But you manage to Uh, escape, fleeing to the other side of the room. Then Zinhorn is going to drop Waterfall. Yep. Now, when it says 20 foot, that's... So it would be... 20 foot would be from there, 5, 10, 20, so like... Is that a radius sort of, of 20 feet? Is it say... What does it say? Um, 20 foot radius. Yeah, so what it means is, say you centre it here on Shrub Blight 2. It will go 10 feet this way and 10 feet this way. Okay, cool. Because that way I can use one of my two remaining beads of fireball. Ooh. 
right on Shrub Blight 2, two and, and it will catch the anybody others. but them. Yeah. Okay, so you break a bead off your necklace and hurl it into the crowd of ravenous plants. They're going to make their deck saves, which they are very bad at. The tree oh, got 11, and uh, the shrubs get 16, 16, pass. and 1. Pass. So Failed. so 1 and 2 pass, 3 and the tree failed. Yep, and... You for 2 seconds and someone starts throwing fireballs. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine Bob just stuck in that room trying to get past there, and I was going, Oh, there's fire! Alright, 8 feet thick, the fire's damage coming up. Good, well, this is gonna be brutal. Alright, 6 and 6 is 12, and 4 is 16, and 4 is 20, and 4 is 26, and 2 is 28, and 1 is 29. 29. Okay. The bead explodes. The flame rushes through the room and immediately consumes the tree blight burning it away into ash and one of the shrub blights leaving only two left and each of them each of them looking severely worse for wear after this anyone just looks at his last remaining bead (laughs) it is their turn Shrub Blight 1 lurches forwards and it's going to make two claw attacks against the lizard folk. A lizard folk? So that is a 23 and a nat 20. Well, shit. So it deals uh, 35 points of damage to one of the lizard folk scale shields and he screams, as he's grabbed in the branches and one of them is pierced through his neck. He gurgles as he falls limp and is dropped to the floor. Oh. Leaving uh, nine, nine of go. them left. Nine to go. Shrub Blight 3 tries to lurch as close as it can towards Zinhorn and it can reach him and then it's going to let loose with its branches. That is a nat 1 and a nat 20. The nat 20 is the only one that hits you. And accounting for your resistance, you take 22 points of slashing damage. I'm back in Zinhorn form. Back in Zinhorn form, and you are now grappled by the Shrub Blight. So, is that 22? 22. It is now Bobbit's turn. Okay, um, now I can't get out the door with... Well, you can get through them, it's just that Sir Lucian didn't have enough movement to get through them, ah, and okay. well, he I can't throw his axe through that. Yeah, just casually go, excuse me, coming through, excuse sorry. Me. Uh, just uh, you charge yeah. through onto Hi. the other side of the door. Hi, Mr. Shrubby Shrub. Well, um, Zinhorn clearly has the other shrub well in hand, so it's just going to hold out it. Oh, I have it, or does it have me? <laughs> yes. <laughs> You got this. Firebolt the other shrub. All right, go ahead. Roll to hit it. Yeah, I'm going to guess a 25 more than definitely hits. Yeah, 25 hits it. Go ahead. Roll the damage and double it. Oh, that's a good one. Too. Okay. Uh, that's going to be 44 points of fire damage. You hear a loud hiss as the shrub blight is reduced to ash. 
in front of you. As if to accompany this, from somewhere else in the temple, you hear the scream of anguish once again. Why do I get the distinct feeling that fire is hurting other people? It is the lizard folk. It is Keeper's turn. He's going to move 5, 10, 15, 20, 25. He can move no further. But the lizard folk rush out and charge Shrub Blight 3. Each of them rolling an attack to hit it. And with its AC of 15, let me work this out. This is going to be fun. Because I have to calculate them as a mob, because that's what they are. Just going to shit stomp the shrub. So the shrub has an AC of 15. There are 18 attacking creatures, because each each multi-attack counts as a separate creature. And they get plus four on their attacks. So plus four. Okay, that is uh, nine guaranteed hits as they converge upon the shrub blight and they deal seven, twelve, eighteen, twenty-four, thirty-three. 43, 51, 62 points of damage to it. And you just see the lizard folk converge upon it, swinging their morning stars. And Zinhorn just falls to the ground as the morning stars reduce reduce the shrub mm. blight to match wood. The following ass kicking has been brought to you by Math. Combat mm. is over. Sinon just looks over to the lizard folk, gives him a little nod of thanks. So Lucian just comes walking out of the room with his sword in his hand, and he looks around, and he goes, Oh, it's over already. I, I was going to say, my God, we had a combat where Sir Lucian literally did nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and so, with the sounds of battle fading away, Throwing you once again into the eerie silence of the Temple of the World Servant. The silence broken only by the sounds of dripping water, rustling branches and leaves, and indecipherable whispering that seems to be carried on the air all around you. We will end this week's session. Please do not change your spell slots or HP. If you want to take Mm -hmm. a short rest, we'll deal with that at the start of next session. But... You got the lizard folk on your side, and you have gained entry to the Temple of the World Servant, and have even skipped one of the levels. <laughs> of course, oh, no, it'll be terrible. it'll be up to you if you want to go down there and check what's down there. Um, mm. Maybe you missed something. Who knows? But that'll mm. be for next week. I'd like to thank everyone for coming especially Archangel K, and yes, it appears we did have some technical difficulty halfway through that episode because Streamlabs is telling me I've been live for two hours, and that is not the case, so the episode must have been cut in two at some point. Oh, yeah. So presumably we lost, like, 60 seconds of content, but that should be fine. I'll try to do something about that when I edit. But next week, now that you're in the temple... We'll penetrate deeper into this edifice and see if you can find what has become of Archmage Fomori of Bakumora and perhaps more concerning what exactly... 
the identity of this false god, this aspect of Abtel that he has devoted his entire being to, maybe. For you've only been in this place for a few short minutes so far, but already you've seen and heard enough to know that whatever awaits beyond can only be something from a living nightmare. The capstone to everything you have encountered in Bakumora thus far. But until then, goodbye everyone. And when you see a frog hemoth in a lake, um, perhaps spending a solid hour talking about how to get past it mm. will actually end up helping you. Who knows? <laughs> no, we don't. We don't talk about that. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Bye.